1: Well, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad that you can join us. We are broadcasting all over the place. KSHP Radio Airwaves. By the way, we're going to have a big KSHP announcement coming soon. I can't really say yet, but that'll be coming up soon. But we are broadcasting right now on the KSHP Airwaves on the 1400 dial. We're on YouTube, video and audio. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. The PTL fan pages everywhere just to make you happy because that's really all I care about complete strangers that watch the radio show those are those, those are my important people no i'm just kidding i love all of you and i met a few of you by the way over the weekend i'll get to that it is monday you know what that means ladies and gentlemen it means that uh, the professional handicapper himself is in studio he shows up in the studio bleeding profusely from the face I'm like, Chris, what happened? Did you just get into a fight? What happened, Chris? Did you, did you cut yourself shaving? Is that what's going on? I or? met
0: up with some of those people that uh, booted us uh, out of that uh, Republican event last week. Oh, That's yeah, we're getting gonna... <laughs> on the street.
1: <laughs> That's funny. And I had,
0: to, I, had to, I had to clean some clocks, my friend.
1: Oh, so Scott, Scott Pressler got into it with you. I didn't exactly, know that. Exactly, yes. All right, well, we'll talk about it. Chris, thank you so much for being here. As always, Absolutely. we have a lot to get to. Um,
0: Happy Monday, Brian Shapiro. Funny story. It was a though. loaded weekend, wasn't it? I was at Red Rock over the weekend, yes. and, and
1: I met a few, uh, actually, a few listeners that this, this happens to be once in a while. Uh, I met a few listeners yeah. at Red Rock that recognized my voice. And they said, are you, Brian, one guy owns a pool business here in town. Uh, another guy uh, works at a restaurant. He's the manager of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was pretty cool meeting a couple listeners and, and maybe get them to be a part of the show. But they listen every day and, and they like you, Chris. They like you. Of course they do. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't
0: they, Mr. Shapiro?
1: Although the subject did come up of why you said you people in, in talking to a caller. That subject actually did come up. But uh, yes. no, but that was really nice to meet them. So we're going to get into uh, Henry Ruggs because there's more things that have taken place in the courtroom or maybe lack thereof when it comes to the Henry Ruggs case. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Carrie Lake going on social media over the week and making the case of how compassionate Donald Trump is. It is hilarious. Who is Carrie Lake? Yeah, uh, she's uh, exactly, theirs. exactly. She's somebody that lost an election in Arizona yeah. that refuses to admit it. Uh, and then coming up in our number two, a man who's been in the service industry for decades. is yes. He's known as Nelly, a mutual friend, is going to be joining the show because I want to talk to people about the service industry because this is such arguably the biggest city in the world when it comes to the service industry.
0: As am I in the service industry, Brian? Yes, well, yes. Do do you cons- for decades do as you well. Can-
1: do you consider giving lap dances at Chippendale shows? Uh, a member of the service Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. hundred percent, especially in Vegas. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. I'm just in this asking. town? All right. It
0: definitely qualifies.
1: Then, then you know what? You're a member of the service industry too. I That's am, fair. Yes. Uh, but I want to talk about like, you know, horror stories of being in the service industry and oh, dealing with many, customers. My yeah. So we're going to yes. have some fun. It's going to be a fun okay. show today, but I want to start with this. Um, some of my fondest memories, Chris, of being in Las Vegas has been, you know, meeting, you know, extremely famous people, but people that I admire. Uh, and some of the best moments in my life have, I've been, have had the luxury of covering the, uh, Lou Ruvo uh Keep Memory Alive event which has taken place in Las Vegas for the most part every year. We didn't have it last year. Mm. Uh COVID kind of screwed things up a little bit, but I've been going to it every year and I had the opportunity because of this event which is raises money for Alzheimer's. It's a wonderful right. charity. <laughs> I've had the opportunity. I got a chance to shake the hands of Muhammad Ali, a moment I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I met the late great Larry King. I met the late great Chris Cornell. I met my hero growing up, <laughs> James Gandolfini, who of course played Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. Um, I've met so many incredible people. I had the opportunity to sit down and have dinner with Anthony Hopkins years ago and Samuel yeah. Jackson and Jerry Jones. Uh, this event is not about me and, and, and meeting celebrities. Of course, the main thing about it is what, what they do such a wonderful job is raising money for charity and raising money for al- Alzheimer's. Lou Ruvo and, and what they do there. They're, they're saving lives, and it's, it's really unbelievable. So anyway, they had the event this weekend, yeah. and uh, I was lucky enough to go and, and, and travel uh, to the red carpet Uh, And I went to the event, too. I'll talk a little bit about the event. But um, pretty much everybody walked the red carpet. And um, it's pretty amazing, you know, when you're rubbing shoulders with people like uh, Alice Cooper, Sammy Hagar, Nikki Glaser, who is one of the most up-and-coming, funniest comedians around, uh, Paul Abdul, um, just to name a few, Sam Moore, who, God, the guy's, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be close to 90
0: uh, Moore, what,
1: a, what a legend. Yes. Uh, so I had had a chance to meet all these people. So right. I wanted to play a few of the interviews that I did. Uh brief, you know, I'm not going to play 30 minutes of interviews. But um, anyway, I had a chance to catch up with Alice Cooper. And, you know, Alice Cooper, all, all people do is ask him about his music. And rightfully so. The guy's a Hall of Famer. But he loves golf. He's actually a very good golfer. If you remember those... Big Bertha commercials back in the day. Remember when he did those, Alice Cooper?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you got a chance to utilize your sports media
1: angle right. here. That's m- right. Brian. So I immediately yes. catch up with Alice Cooper, who's a great guy. Yeah. And uh, here's how this interview went down. First questions about golf.
0: Hey, okay. okay. Brian.
1: Shapiro. So nice I'll to meet you. you. Uh, okay. All right, we're here with the legend, Alice Cooper. Most important question: How's the golf game
2: well, I now? Shot one under the other day. One uh, under? I, I was in Maui. Had my sixth hole in one uh, in Maui. I play six days a week. So you're a scratch golfer. Yeah, I didn't know you, That's really good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, if you do anything every day, you get good at it. Of course. The of course. whole game is sixty yards in. That's true. I mean, how good are is your chipping oh, and it's it's putting? to yeah, be the senior
1: tour. Uh, since we're talking about golf, one more golf yeah. question. What do you make know of Tiger Woods? What do you, you
2: been through? Playing, playing professionally this week, what do you make of There's about? no way of ever counting him out. He, I, I still say he's going to win another major night. I think he's going to win two or three more tournaments. Because, I mean, he shot four under today. That's true. It's when You know, when you get a swing that great, it doesn't matter how old you are. He's hitting the ball out there as far Kind of those guys, the yeah. Most most famous person you ever played? Golf. Yeah. Um, Groucho. <laughs> really? Groucho <laughs> and I used to play golf. That's You oh, know, Groucho was great. He was just, you know, <laughs> wasn't a great golfer, but. Uh, <laughs> He was fun to play with, yeah. What, what does it mean to you just to be in the event? Like, of course, raising money for charity for such a wonderful cause. You do a lot of this stuff yeah. over the course of your life. Well, Sammy called me on this one, you know. And we were in Maui together. And he says, I got this thing in Vegas. Everybody does one song. And I'm come out and do it. And then I found out what it was all about. It was all about. We and you know, and So, I mean, how can you not do it? You know, so it, it's... it's, it's, it's i think you're, you're kind of like you're supposed to do this mm-hmm. you know i mean you, you spend all your life being famous and everything and so put it to work and you you're know. doing that you're yeah doing that. that was pleasure to meet you thank you you so much for your thank time thank you we on on play I, mean, I would love to i play college actually <laughs> yeah. i play a little college golf I remember those big day. Uh, Central <laughs> Connecticut. Uh, somewhere. Somewhere. I remember those big birthday
3: commercials back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh Taylor. Oh. And
1: then I switched to Kylo You're Kylo on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. I uh, I offended Alice Cooper. And uh, it's really loud red carpet. I apologize for the audio, but yeah. uh, I, I offended Alice Cooper because he used to do those big Bertha commercials, and then I said I switched to Taylor made, and he said, Oh, you switched to the dark yeah. side. <laughs>
0: And how apropos, though, right? P tail nation out there, and Nunchuck and Nilly. That uh, it's look, it's two golf guys talking golf, right? Yeah. Shapiro, he's got the golf angle. You got you got Alex Cooper, obviously a rocker, right? By the way, from Detroit, Michigan, also another a fellow Michigander. Yeah. But the point being is that uh, it was cool that you had that angle. That you guys could talk golf about what with, I, with a guy who's super passionate about the sport, what, like you are.
1: What I try to do is I try to go outside the box. I did that with Paul Abdul. We'll get to that interview in a moment. And I try to ask them things that really. They enjoy talking about, you know, there's yeah. things that they're probably tired of talking about. But Alice Cooper, what a nice guy. And what, a, by the way, what a great performance. He got up there with his, would you call it a cane? Or I don't even know what you'd call that in his makeup and all that stuff. And he's just, he's so, at his age, he's still going strong, man. Um, So Wolfgang Puck is arguably one of the most, I would say. I think that's fair to say successful chefs of all time. One,
0: one of them. He's right up yeah, there. Yeah, he's one of the guys who spearheaded the whole celebrity chef yeah. thing, you know, right. around the world, basically. Yeah, I mean, he with, was the
1: first the, real yeah. For the most part, real celebrity right. chef, right? Mm-hmm. The big name for the last. So I caught up with him. I asked him a couple um, very uh, brief, quick questions, and I told him that I don't cook, and his response was very funny. Have a listen to this.
3: Okay, Thank okay. well, you, much. Know, right. right. We're with the legend okay. okay. So, talking about Vegas as far as concerned and how it's evolved over the years. Well, when we started out in 1992, uh, yeah, yeah, 30, yeah, 30 years ago, good, there were not yeah, many restaurants. Right. Nobody knew any chefs, yeah. you know. Yeah. And now, every favorite chef has a restaurant here. Las Vegas has become really a great place to go out to
2: eat. You could spend two, three weeks here, go to a different great restaurant every night. What would
1: your advice be to a single bachelor guy that has no idea how to cook and only can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? What would you say to somebody like that?
3: Well, if you want to get lucky, learn how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, it's a, uh, he, he
1: basically said, because uh, I told him, I am i don't cook. I make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he basically said, you're going to get lucky if you, if you learn how to cook, which I thought was uh, – Which I thought was kind of funny. You know, it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, Brian Shapiro is not someone who is a chef connoisseur out there, folks. I think we all all are uh, aware of that situation. Definitely
1: not. Uh, (laughs) I've had the opportunity to uh, meet Sammy Hagar uh, on a number of times. And, of course, his residency recently was at the Stratosphere. I don't know if he's still playing there, but it was a great show. Hagar, somebody told me he's 75 years old. The guy looks... Is he that old? The guy looks like he's 50. (laughs) The guy looks like he's 50. I mean, he really is um, unbelievable.
0: Um, I don't think he's that old. Is he that old? 75? I think he's uh, probably late 60s. Look it up. Anyway. Look it up. Yeah, we can can look it
1: up. But uh, anyway, Sammy Hagar was one of the main uh, musicians that was at this event uh, over the weekend. Great guy. Always smiling. Always happy. Um, Anyway, uh, this here's my interaction with uh, the legend Sammy Hagar.
3: A legend, oh, are, the legend, the legend, Sammy Hagar, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Sam Moore's here tonight. I'm playing <laughs> Second Fiddle, baby. <laughs> <Last> Saturday, <laughs> I remember the Muhammad Ali record? You were here yeah, backstage. Right? Now you're here. here again. Muhammad, I Muhammad Ali one saw you as a hero. I saw him saw at his residency over yeah. at the Stratosphere. Wonderful before before show, that, by the way. Still doing it, man. After all these years, still strong, right? Yeah. I mean, look. The truth of the matter is, you come to Vegas, and you do a residency in the same city. You can really invite people into your home that's kind of what I did that thing the small room the are listening to 970 people whatever and and I just change the set every night I brought people out it's just so much fun to do that kind of stuff and this is the best right. town in the world for entertainment because they've seen it all so if you're going to do something different you got to do something different So like a lot of celebrities they don't like signing autographs during the show I can't even count how many autographs tell me about that <laughs> I feel guilty you know those people paid a lot of money to see me and they've been fans forever they've, fans forever. they've given me this life. I figure when I'm on stage or if you catch me <laughs> out in the public, saying, I'm yours. Yeah. You come to my house and get go to my gate and beat on my door and ask an autograph, you don't get That's different, right? That's different. Like, what do you say? But people, like, interrupt you during dinner with your family and stuff. Is that an I, I say, let me finish my dinner <laughs> right? you'll stop at <laughs> your table. And I stop at the yes. table. You know, honestly, I, I really think that uh, as uh, we're like public figures and, you know, the people, our fans have, have been dedicated to us and followers around for years. Not these eBay guys. They drive Nuts, but <laughs> but the real people, right, They deserve the time. Right. It of I'm sorry, yeah. and, you know, he, speaking that's of, as part of the job, speaking of your time, you do a lot of charity events like this. Uh, this uh, is uh, saving not lives, not like yeah. this. No one does well, one like this, you're saving lives. Right. Yeah, you guys are raising uh, money for charity, sure. literally saving lives. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of that. Uh, well, that's the other thing is, you know, when you're as you get older and you just go around playing you know, concerts uh, yeah. and you go into that's a town awesome. you, yeah. and you do a show and you take the money and you leave, it's like, you know, I got about 13 years ago I started uh, donating to every food bank in every city I've been to since, since uh, for 13 years 2008 2009 when I started doing it and it gets good to you and then once you start doing that then right, you said well what else can I do and so pretty soon I think it happens to all celebrities and all people have a little extra money it feels good to help people and I wrote a song called give the live a long time ago and uh, I'm, I'm trying to live that out and uh, it feels good and you a great job in doing that, Sammy Hagar. Trust me, if it was painful, if it was painful, I wouldn't do it. Uh, you're doing a great job. It's not painful. Thanks for playing here. Appreciate
1: there you. Sammy. There you go. I love that guy. He's always he's always smiling. By the way, Sammy Hagar. Seems like he's always having a good time. He's
0: enjoying the twilight of his life, my friend. It's not just all yeah. about music with Sammy. Sammy's got yeah. a lot of uh, restaurant venues. He's got a restaurant venue here in Vegas where uh, he has a tequila restaurant. I think right. there's a Speaking bunch of, of tequila, country, so. I
1: received a yeah. bottle of his tequila signed by him. Which Did was, you? Yeah. Yes. I, so I'm going to treasure that forever. Uh, I got a few parting gifts. Uh, they treated people really well, and it was uh, super nice. So I got to admit, the next lady we have on, I have a little bit of a crush on her. She's hilarious. She is the next Sarah Silverman, maybe even bigger. Uh, she's a very dirty comic, Uh, I do enjoy that, that's why I loved Bob Saget, the late Bob Saget, God, I hate saying that, Um, she is like Bob Saget, only much better looking, Um, her name is is Nikki Glazier, and uh, I'm telling you folks, she is the next big time comic in the I mean, mean, she's been around for a little bit, she's not not brand new. So she's doing (laughs) shows with David Spade um, in Las Vegas here in a (laughs) few weeks, but uh, she looked amazing, and I uh, had a quick uh, opportunity to catch up with her as the event started, by the way, so I can only ask her a few questions. But here's uh, the very funny Nikki Glazer. Nice, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Very Hello. Funny and talented. Um, so you got some shows coming up here with David Spade. I, I do. Heard. Talk to you yes. a little bit about that. We're
4: doing the Venetian. We're doing four dates um, over the course of the year together, yep. um, and it's awesome because doing comedy alone is fun, but it's always better with your friends, and it's always better when your friend is David Spade. I mean, like it's it's nice because I'll get done with my set, and then I get to. Him, I am yeah. a lot taller than him. <laughs> so we we but we go we go into ascending order of height so I'll go first and then I will lower the mic and then he'll come out um, but yeah, I, I, already have the whole plan, like flying my girlfriend's out. like we're going to make weekends of it. Like my family's going to come out, but it's just nice. Like tonight, for instance, like I'm performing and I get to sit down and watch a show. Like I don't Love like going it. at the end because right. then I'm wanna... nervous. I can't like enjoy <laughs> it. So, yeah. uh, that's, that'll be this, this these shows. Who's your
1: favorite female comic of all time?
4: Oh, of all time. I mean, yeah, sure. Ellen, probably Ellen, honestly, that's a that's she a was, she's, yeah. you know, we all know the secret about Ellen. Ellen now that no one knew. Right, right. If you look at her stand-up, it was always there. Yeah. She's got a dark side. Yes. I have a dark side. I really appreciate. It. She's amazing joke writer, amazing delivery. I mean, she's. I think she's one of the all-time.
1: I, I'm with you on that one, Nikki. Yeah. I know they wanted to get you out of here, so yes. thank you so much. Well, for thank you so much. <laughs> so bubbly, Nikki Glaser. So so cute too.
0: Effervescent.
1: By the way, I'm sure Nikki she Glaser. felt I'm sure she felt the same way about me. But anyway, um, so I want to play the Paul Abdul interview I did. The problem is, is that. She, like, whispers. She's so quiet when she talks. Um, but what I want to say is that that was my most enjoyable interview. First of all, um, I've had a childhood crush on Paul Abdul. I mean, since I was, I don't know, maybe 11 years old. Uh, always been a big fan. And she was so cool and so nice. I asked her about uh, Sasha Baron Cohen because mm-hmm. you remember that movie where um, she's sitting down on an immigrant. <laughs> and <laughs> she had no idea what was going on. Uh, it was the uh, Bruno movie, if you recall. And uh, that scene, I, I did ask her about that, and I, I put the uh, video up and the audio on YouTube. So if you want to go on YouTube, you can find it. Uh, the, the, she whispers, but there was a moment where I kind of told her I had a crush on her since I was very young, and she takes her hand and she like starts playing with my goatee, which was um, I don't know if it was as, as enjoyable for her as it was for me, but uh, anyway, I did I did <laughs> I did enjoy
0: it. Uh, she's being very grandmotherly <laughs> slash motherly, right there, Brian. You know, you know, know what, you know, when, you know when the grandmother and the mother and they do the yeah. little thing with the little kid. They're like, oh, he's so cute, and they grab their face. That's exactly what she's uh, yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Chris that, from, was very jealous. Shap's making it all sexual, right? Make, turning Nilly and Nunchuck. Let num- me tell he's you make, something. He's making, he's, he's going down the sexual route with it. Well, let me tell you it's something. Right now, it can't now. be just like the motherly grandmother thing that yeah. she was doing. Yeah. No. Uh, let
1: me let me tell you something, okay? Tell us something, Brian.
0: Tell us something.
1: That woman still looks amazing at the age of 60. Let me oh, tell yeah. you. she looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, and she was flirtatious, very kind. And I was... Uh, She's tiny, too. She, she might have been... Uh, well, you're definitely bigger than her, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> no, she... Bigger uh, yeah, than a lot of people, but... I, I that's true. <laughs> you are bigger than most people, that's true. Uh, but anyway, that was... Uh, <laughs> That was a nice moment. I enjoyed talking to her. And <laughs> That's I, a
0: nice moment. You know
1: who's a, who's a douche? Can I tell you who's, who? a who's a douche? Chad Kroger, the lead singer of Nickelback. Really?
0: The, okay, so let me You guys were big. N- let me big. just explain Back this in this. early
1: 2000s? You've got Hall of Famers, Sam yeah. Moore, who is a yeah. legend yeah. in the music industry, okay? Who I also spoke with. Yeah. You know, you've got... I mean, Sammy Hagar's had an unbelievable yeah. career. The lead singer, uh, uh, Cronin from REO Speedwag. Kevin Cronin. Yes, you had Rick Springfield walking the red carpet. By the way... Rick Springfield! Love that guy. I hate this guy. Alice Cooper, okay? Oh, this guy. Okay. Now, those are all Hall of Famers, right? Unbelievable careers. And then you got this guy, Chad Kroger. Has he sold a lot of albums? Yes. Has he made a lot of money? Yes. Yeah. The guy wouldn't do one interview on the red carpet. Let me explain. Everybody else I just mentioned spoke to everybody. Everybody. Gave their time. It's a charity event. They answered every question. I, I, I it, You know, so nice. Everybody was so nice. And by the way, the people that were running the red carpet, yeah. so nice. I say, hey, can I get Chad? Because I, you know, I want to ask him, a, not about Avril Lavigne, because I can't stand her either. I wasn't going to ask him about that. I was just going to be nice and ask about the charity and, you know, be cool. Chad doesn't want to do any interviews. I'm like, what? What? You're at a charity event. Guys like Alice Cooper are talking to everybody, and Chad from Nickelback doesn't want to talk to me. I'm like, you douchebag. You douchebag. So I went up to him, and I shook his hand and said, hey, Chad, how you doing? In the event, he's just standoffish and aloof. Like, I see the way all these other people are, because it's a very intimate event, even though there was like, it felt like there was a, at least a thousand people. There was a million tables. This was an event where you can go up to the celebrities because they're all sitting down, and you can shake their hand and get a picture, because people are paying a lot of money to be there. not right. me, of course, because I'm a member of the media, I'm, very, I'm a very respected member of the media. But no. <laughs> but, but, but no, seriously, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I went up to James Gandolfini. Uh, this was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I shook his hand, and it was like, it was surreal. Because I still get like that with some people that I admire. And he was in his, obviously, James Gandolfini voice, which is very different. And I just said, I just want to thank you so much for for what you've done in your career. I'm I'm such a huge fan of your work. And well, thank you. Gosh, what's your name? That means very much to me. Thank you. That's what James Gandolfini, and he was asking me what I did for work. Those are moments that you cherish, you know, because you actually, it's not about signing an autograph or getting a picture. You get to talk to these people, which that's what I value more than anything. I did that with Larry King and so many others, Chris Cornell. Chad is like the opposite. He was just such a douche. Just he walks through the red carpet like
0: he's Brad Pitt. Okay, hey, did you piss him off in a previous engagement? No, or I did something not. Something happened where the, the, no, he, he remembered. He remembered B. Shap in some situation Chris, that you, I swear to God, God I pissed never, him off. Listen. Had to be something. Right. No uh, Or he could just be that guy Maybe he's just that guy Brian Right He's just that guy I, Chris, There's people there Hey never there's celebrities out there That are that that person Right We know We see it all the time Right Brian We cover athletes uh, uh You yeah. know Especially here in Vegas yeah. You know across so, the board There's plenty of guys That are either They're you know They're that That people person That you talked about A number right. of those people That are that are great people That are going to be yeah. appreciative And that are going to say that And then there's going to be people That are going to be standoffish Right There's yeah. going to be people That so don't like They don't like going to these events Correct Much so, less you know, the engaging thing. themselves. So
1: you had all these people performing including sam moore right mm-hmm. so chad was like the first person up there that sammy right. hagar introduced and he takes the microphone and all these other people they're talking about the charity at, before they perform they're talking about what an honor is to be there chad doesn't say that you know what he says he grabs the microphone sings one song what's that song this is how you remind me of what i really he takes the microphone and he goes Huge song by the way Oh, sammy like told sammy told this is what he says doesn't say anything about the charity he says right well, Sammy told me to sing one song that could, that you guys would enjoy, so
0: here we go. Yeah. Nice, douche. <laughs> <laughs> douche. Just I'm get a, up. Hey, hey, Nilly and uh, Chuck, we need to go out and purchase about six or seven Nickelback albums and uh, drop yeah. them off at uh, at Brian Shapiro's doorstep. Yeah.
1: This is how you remind day. me of what a douchebag yes. you are. Turn
0: that song. I can't stand it. It's the worst. It's the
1: worst. Oh, Shap <laughs> add, <Chap>, adding <laughs> lyrics to the song. Very, very it's good just, there. It's like just that. the worst. Anyway, yes. so... John Mayer performed, right. and I got to tell you something, I know the chicks love him, and I always thought he was he was good, you know, I never, yeah. like, disliked him or his music, and then I'm like, so I'm, like, two feet away from the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, man, I was blown away. Uh, that guy is an unbelievable guitar player, he's got a phenomenal voice, very distinct I always used to say he was a wannabe Dave Matthews, but I'm never going to say that again. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. So he's up there on stage. Michael McDonald, not Michael Ronald McDonald, the the head of the Clark County. Doobie uh, Brothers, yeah, Michael McDonald. N- not the Michael McDonald who who runs the uh, Republican Party here, who's doing just a wonderful job, by the way. Uh, the actual guy with <laughs> talent, Mike McDonald, the singer. Yes. Uh, he was up there with John Mayer. They were playing some songs together. Alice Cooper gets up there, um, sings a few songs, which is really cool. And then Rick Springfield. I've never seen Rick Springfield before. You know, Jesse's girl. Uh, He sang that song and a few others. Uh, Sam Moore uh, and Van Halen, because Sam struggles to walk. He's a really older guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He sang John Lennon Imagine. Oh, did you really? So cool, man. And it's surreal for me because, like I said, I'm like two feet from the stage. And then they all get on stage together with Paul Abdul and they're all singing a a Mike McDonald song, which I thought was kind of cool. Guy from REO Speedwagon sang a couple of his hits. And, um, it was so cool,
0: man. It's surreal. I can still picture Kevin Cronin back in 1981 with the big perm going with Audio Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean they had, mo- they had a bunch of monster hits. I'm but here's absolutely.
5: No yeah,
0: there he
1: is, Sam Moore. What was that? That's not audio from the event. That's just no. But him, he, he doing sings a cover the song. Of He yeah. sings this song a lot, and I do have video of everything that I'm talking about. No I posted hell. it all. Yeah, on my YouTube page, He's clips lots. from. Uh, because I'm I'm like two feet away from the stage, so I'm like right. I, it, it, was, it was it was surreal. Yeah. When you when you see all these incredible musicians minus Chad Kroeger, when you see all these.
0: Uh, <laughs> but wait a minute, Brian, you're a band guy. He's in a band, so maybe you can play an instrument.
1: Yeah. So you Look can maybe at this photograph. Basically. Yeah.
0: Anyway, no. In all
1: seriousness, though, <laughs> it was incredible to see all these these great musicians the on the stage together yeah. and. It was pretty damn cool, uh, I gotta say I had a wonderful Dance. time. It was a good escape for me because I've had a rough month for a lot of reasons, but um you know being able to be there and and I will say this, listening to Sam Moore up there, singing imagine it's one of my favorite songs. I got a little emotional with with you know what's what happened with my family, my sister, and I thought about her, but it was a nice moment for me personally just to be there and and, and hear just incredible musicians uh john mayer's unbelievable uh they raised so much money for charity we're going to try to get lou ruvo on the show this week um and there were a lot of celebrities that didn't perform that were just there in the crowd uh governor sislak was there uh, wouldn't call them celebrities but governor sislak was there joe lombardo our governor was there brian sandoval was there uh, i was sitting at a table with a bunch of movie directors now i didn't know who they were but they gave me their mm-hmm. cards. some of them live here some of them live in la and every table had very distinguished people. Um, Wolfgang Puck did the food,
0: which was phenomenal. It was the best chicken pot pie I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, wait a minute. Time out. You haven't, you, you've had Mark Nilly Nilsson's chicken pot yeah. pie over here. Well, nobody knows you, Marcus. Yeah, I know. But, uh, but, but, uh, well, they, it, they know now that he makes ch- chicken pot pie because I pointed it out. But, uh, yeah, make no mistake about it though, Brian, right? It is absolutely great for us to be here in Las Vegas. This is a destination city when it comes to these types of shows, right? Whether it's a charity show or an award show. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to cities like, say, Portland, Oregon or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma or places like that, but they're not necessarily destination cities like Las Vegas is, New York, Los Angeles, and these other places. So we get a chance, being in the sports media here and being in the media period, to get a chance to experience a lot of these shows here in Las Vegas. No question, Chris. I agree. And uh, like I said, this event that they've been doing for years, some of the
1: most memorable moments that i'll never forget for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. like i said i mean obviously the weekend uh was 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 incredible and uh, meeting alice cooper for me was pretty cool and paul abdul i've never met her before that was great but also the years past meeting people that are sadly no longer with us uh muhammad ali just being able to shake his hand Mm -hmm. uh it's something i'll never forget and uh and james gandolfini of course is is another one and God, so many people we've lost right larry king i had a chance to talk with larry king and interview him and he was great um the late great chris cornell one of the best voices uh, of our generation uh i met chris super nice guy um you know and listen all the other regular celebs that you'd see it's like john legend will smith i've met people like that and chris isaac and but um they get the biggest names and the reason why besides these people being such wonderful people that are charitable and listen Chad Kroger showed up i give him credit for that uh but a lot of these people you know they have family members that have died uh from this terrible disease and uh you know Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf uh i think it sold for like 150 grand that they're doing a, a an hour long lesson all these celebrities give give all these you know have a dinner at Wolfgang Puck's house for 10 uh, the raiders uh, mark davis was there very charitable guy as you know and they they all gave these huge prizes um I shouldn't say prizes, auctions. Right. Um, where people are putting up two, three hundred grand for these incredible, you know, John Bon Jovi. It was a, a night with John Bon Jovi in the Hamptons dinner for 10 and you get to hang out at his house. And so, you know, people with a lot of money, they're spending a lot of money for this stuff, millions yeah. and millions of dollars. So, uh, very grateful to be a part of this event as I try to do it every year. Uh, Lou Ruvo and everybody that is involved with this event from the PR people. I think this was the most. Well run event they've had thus far. Everything was so organized. It was so wonderful. Everybody had such a great time, including myself. And I just want to thank everybody for, for, for what they do and the time that they put into this. All right, Chris, you ready to have some fun when we come back? Oh, we gotta, always. We got to get Chris Wynn yelling and screaming. And I have a feeling the next segment, it's going to happen. Why, Chris? Well, Kerry Lake is claiming that, you know, Donald Trump is this charitable, good hearted human being. And we have some audio that, <laughs> that they claim prove it. And then we're also going to talk about how myself and Chris Wynn were kicked out of a Republican event because Chris was there. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and uh, and I give my take on it.
0: because yes. Everybody else is giving their take except for... One of the half, one of the two people that got booted from the event. Right, and you that were, would be you me.
1: Were, you were booted as well. By the yes. way, there are some podcasts in town. Uh, I won't mention their names, but apparently they're talking about me and they're talking about me getting kicked out. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you who that is. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Oh, we're going to get into some uh, orange turd conversation when we come back with Chris Wynn. It's always entertaining. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHB everybody it's brian shapiro from pushing the limits i want to tell you guys about sahara west urgent care and wellness they're conveniently located on the southwest corner of sahara and jones they're open monday through friday 9 a.m to 9 p.m and saturday 9 a.m to 5 p.m At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call. 702-248-0554. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Mosville. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That
0: number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All
1: right, what's up, everybody? Nothing like a little Nickelback, huh? Yeah, nothing like a little Nickelback to start your day, that douche. Anyway, welcome back to the show, everybody. So glad everybody uh, could join us. We are broadcasting everywhere. We are not just um, on the KSHP airways, but uh, we are broadcasting live just about everywhere. Just about everywhere. Uh, We're on the uh, AM dial, but we're also on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We are broadcasting live all over for your listening pleasure. And uh, I wanted to uh, get Chris Wynn involved in this conversation because I know um, Chris is not the biggest Donald Trump fan. But, uh, Chris, I wanted to play you a little bit of audio. Um, so, Carrie Lake put out a tweet over the weekend. Failed
0: politician, by the way, uh, you're, from Arizona. Well, you're not yeah. going to get
1: an argument from me. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah. Is a failed politician. Um, and Carrie Lake... Um, put out a tweet and showing a video. This happened years ago, though. Uh, but she put out a video of Donald Trump holding a rally um, and the rally is being held in Wisconsin. And all of a sudden, a lady grabs the microphone. She's she's sick. Um, she has a disease. It's very sad. But she starts praising Donald Trump for basically saving her life. Anyway, I'm just going to play the audio for you and then we'll have uh, we'll discuss it afterwards. Here it is.
6: Because through you and your organizations, my son, who is Mexican-American, seven years old, through your organizations, and just being able to stand on that stage with you back in 2005, the outpouring of love that came from that, um, ultimately provided my son when he graduates high school with a, um, a full ride to college. And that That's was a- great.
3: And you know what we'll do? We're going to watch him. You're going to watch him, Tana. Tana, watch him. We're going to be watching your boy, okay? But you're going to hopefully be around. You're not going to have to have anybody watching. You're going to hopefully be around. Those doctors are going to be so wrong. But we'll be helping you.
6: So we thank you. God bless you. And just, you know, he's a Mexican-American. And you, because of your efforts, have sent him to college. And I have been writing letters to him for when I'm in heaven to tell him that what you've done for him now, he has a great responsibility to pay it forward just as you have done for us. I can't. Think uh, that's so
3: nice. Thank you. honey.
6: Thank
5: you.
1: All right. So this video is making the round. C when about uh, what a compassionate person uh, Donald Trump is. First of all, uh, let me just start out by saying uh, I'm sorry for this lady's illness. I'm glad that her son got some donations to go to college, but I don't think that has anything to do with Donald Trump. That has to do with Republican donors uh, that helped this lady. It's not like Donald Trump said, I'm going to do everything I can to help this lady. How much money did Donald Trump uh, put in to help this uh, lady's uh son go to college? By the way, the son is seven years old. Uh, this lady made it seem like Donald Trump saved her life. Uh, and this she kind of went on and on. I didn't play the whole thing but people are talking about, uh, they're they're spreading this video on social media and talking about what a wonderful person uh, Donald Trump is and what a great heart he has and how compassionate he is. Do I remind all of you, do I have to remind all of you that it was Donald Trump that wanted credit for John McCain's funeral? Do I need to remind all of you that the moment that Colin Powell died, It was Donald Trump that was talking about Powell's politics. Do we remember about that? Kerry Lake wants to say that Donald Trump is this ultra-compassionate person. Did he reach out to the George Floyd family? Did he talk to all these people that were killed by police brutality? Did he talk to all these people like Breonna Taylor's family? Of course not, because Donald Trump is not a compassionate person. There is no logical human being on the planet that would think that Donald Trump is a compassionate human being. He's not, and Kerry Lake is putting this video out. Okay, so there's a lady that has a terminal illness. And she's very emotional, and she she's obviously a big Donald Trump supporter. So because Donald Trump comes over and gives her a hug, that means Donald Trump is the ultimate compassionate person. Are there really Republicans out there that are trying to make this case like to Carrie Lake, like Carrie Lake, that Donald Trump is this open hearted, good person? What a wonderful human being who, by the way, has multiple ex wives with, with 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 children and has cheated on his wives more times than he has rooms in any of his hotels. But people want to talk about Donald Trump having compassion for people. Chris, is this a joke? Am I wrong to call Carrie Lake a complete moron? Am I wrong for saying anybody out there that thinks that Donald Trump has one compassionate ounce of blood in his body is wrong? Am I wrong in saying that?
0: No, you're not wrong. But I but I think Carrie Lake someone who's just you know holding on for the last grasp of any type of relevancy whatsoever that she believes that she has, or that she or or possibly she's. Thinking she could be in line for a vice presidential nominee type of situation, right? That's what I think this is. Now, at, af, after hearing that clip right there, I have a number of questions, right? Now, listening to that woman, obviously, I feel compassion, right? And empathy for her situation. And I take what she says at face value. If she believes in her head that it's Donald Trump or the Trump organization that is responsible from a financial standpoint of, of, uh, you know, of, of their situation being okay. All right. But was there fact checking going on, Brian? I don't. Do we, have, do, we do we know exactly what sure, the situation is regarding. So do we, we do. do we know that the Trump Organization or yeah, Donald Trump explain. are involved in any way, shape, or form from a financial standpoint yeah, let me to explain. benefit
1: that woman let or me, and her child? Sure. Let me explain. So uh, okay. apparently, when Trump was running for president, uh, this woman was able to take the stage and, and she told her story. And because of that, there were some large. Republican donors I don't I don't it wasn't Donald Trump who said hey I want to open up this charity uh so this was
0: back in like 2015
1: correct correct okay so they got enough money to be able to pay for this son to go to college which I think is wonderful but she's acting like it was all Donald Trump last I know Donald Trump didn't donate one dollar to this woman or her son uh number two I don't know what she's talking about when she, she mentioned she went into like some of his policies and, and how great Donald Trump is for the country. Listen, if she wants to support Donald Trump, that's her prerogative. That's fine. But to be able to say, to say that Donald Trump is this compassionate guy and that he saved her life and saved her family. It, it, these people are a cult. Okay. Some of these Donald Trump supporters, it is a cult is what you are. And at this point, if you're still going to tell me that you're going to uh, support Donald Trump, then you've got issues.
0: You've got. Well, Well, the fact remains, though, the reality is that there is tens of millions of Americans that still support the guy. They still do. He's still essentially the face of the Republican Party. We're still talking realistically. And logically about him running for president in 2024, despite the fact that you've got numerous investigations into him, you've got all this, you know, uh, all these situations regarding his ethics and and about the guy being even competent to be a public official. And you've got, you know, people like myself who are on the left and Democrats who can't stand the guy and think that he's a, a disgrace and has no business anywhere near the Oval Office and didn't and had no business back in 2016 of being there even though he was duly elected as the president of the United States. So, yeah, the whole idea is absurd, to be quite honest with you, that we're even exploring the fact that Donald Trump is going to be running for president again. And I can rehash what I've said multiple times on this show over and over again about how how is a one-term president, the guy that was impeached two times, still a face of your party? You know, Jimmy Carter was never that for the Democrats, right? Gerald Ford was never that for the Republicans. Uh, George Bush Sr. was never that for the Republicans, right? Any one-term president usually is, 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 is jettisoned, is chucked aside. Yet this is a guy who still has some type of hold over his base here in this country. And there are, yes, tens of millions of people that still think Donald Trump is the right guy to be the commander-in-chief of this country. It's absurd. And it's ridiculous. And now you have people like Carrie Lake who are kind of latching on to him still and still holding on for that last gasp, Brian, holding on for that last gasp of keeping MAGA a big part of the Republican Party.
1: All right. So if you're just joining us, uh, we are talking about uh, Carrie Lake putting out a tweet. Yes. Over the weekend talk. uh, And it's a video of Donald Trump hugging this woman who has a terminal illness, who does nothing but praise Donald Trump. And Kerry Lake is trying to make the case um, about Donald Trump being this compassionate, great-hearted person, and I say to myself, "Look at the way Donald Trump has lived. Look at the things he's done in his life. Look at the things he said just in the last six years. It could be about John McCain, right? When he when he talked about John McCain, he said, I uh, 'I don't respect him because he
0: was captured.'" Um. He talked about a Mexican judge said he can't sure. do his job because of his Mexican heritage. He talked about sitting members of Congress, people that are that are lawmakers who were essentially raised in this country, if not born in this country, told them to go back to where they went back to where they came from. I mean, there's been numerous comments, Brian. You brought them up on your show multiple times. There has been numerous instances where we understand Donald Trump's character. He is not someone that has good character. There's people out there that you think uh, that, that have good character. And there's people out there that don't have good character. And Donald Trump happens to be one of those people that does not have good character. And we've, we've, we've rehashed this over and over again on your show. And we get it. Look, we get it. And with respect to Carrie Lake. Okay. So the, the main, main point about this is, and you brought this up is because Carrie Lake brought this up from 2015. She's using this as some, some way to talk about the big lie, which was Donald Trump didn't win the election in 2020, right? That's the big lie, that Donald Trump won the election in 2020 and that he was robbed by Joe Biden. Well, there's the little itty-bitty lie also regarding Carrie Lake and that she didn't win her election in 2022 for governor in Arizona. That's the little itty-bitty lie that Carrie Lake continues to to push to this day. Every single thing you see about Carrie Lake, and by the way, I don't follow Carrie Lake on social media or on Twitter, but because of the algorithms and all that kind of crap, I still get, you know, that you you still get a lot of her tweets that show up on my timeline for no- some reason, and yeah. she's still perpetuating well, this lie that for, she won in 2022. The people out th- so it, it's kind of the, along the same lines as Donald Trump, for, Ryan. For the
1: people out same there, that, for the people out yeah. there that think Kerry Lake won the election in Arizona, you're probably the same people that think Donald Trump. Well, I'm sure you. They won. are that Donald yes. Trump won the election in 2020, and it's it's you know you're, that's like saying the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just call it for what it is. There. That's number one. Number two. Donald Trump makes everything about himself. He's done that his entire life. He does that today. If you're one of those people that thinks that Donald Trump has a good heart, then tell me all the wonderful things he's done in his life. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear all these wonderful things that you claim Donald Trump has done in his life. Uh, because I can tell you just, like I said, in the last five or six years, whether it be taking credit for John McCain's funeral, uh, Colin Powell dies, and and does he, uh, it's interesting, right? When some of these black leaders die. He seems to want to attack them. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I find that a little bit coincidental, don't you? That all of a sudden, you know, uh, a, a, a famous general uh, or politician passes away and Donald Trump refuses to a- say anything nice about them. In fact, he attacks them. Is that somebody that has compassion? When somebody dies, okay, um, even the day after Rush Limbaugh died, now I didn't say a lot of nice things about him. But the day after Rush Limbaugh died, I tried to stay away from the negativity, even though I can tell you now years have gone by. And even though Rush Limbaugh died of cancer, I can tell you in my personal opinion that Rush Limbaugh was a cancer to society. He spread hatred on the radio every single day. But the day after, I wouldn't go on the air and say, oh, that SOB deserved to die. I would never say that. Right. um, Because it's not appropriate and it's not appropriate for his friends and family members who did nothing wrong. But Donald Trump does that sort of stuff. You know, d- literally days after John McCain died and had his uh, and was buried, Donald Trump wanted credit for John McCain's funeral. How disgusting of an individual do you have to be to do that? Literally hours after Colin Powell died, he does an interview and he starts attacking Powell's politics. Mm-hmm. A disgusting human being. Only a disgusting human being would, would talk like that. And that's Donald Trump for you. So anybody out there that says Donald Trump has compassion, listen, you can say whatever you want about Joe Biden. If you don't like his politics, if you think he's sleepy Joe and he's old, fine. Have that opinion. I'll probably disagree with you, but have that opinion. But you cannot tell me that Joe Biden does not have compassion, whether it's the voicemails he's left for his son or talking about loss of family members or talking just in general terms about people who lose after the George Floyd situation. I can go on and on and talk uh, about Joe Biden. He does have compassion. You could say whatever you want about Joe Biden. If you don't like his politics, that's fine. But the man and his wife have compassion for people. And the Trump family, they don't have compassion for anybody. All they care about is themselves. Melania Trump, she cares about, you know, she cared about building a tennis court at the White House. That's what she cared about. And during... um. January 6th, what what was Melania doing? Was she putting out messages and talking about we need to go home, we need to stop the violence? No, she claimed she was in the White House and she had no idea what was going on. What was Donald Trump doing during January 6th? He was sitting his ass at a table watching television for five hours before he finally put out a video. These people do not have compassion. Donald Trump does not have compassion. Kerry Lake does not have compassion. Gymnasium Jordan DUI Matt Gates Lauren Bobert GED Lauren Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Green uh, three three toe green. These people do not have any compassion for anybody else but themselves. They only care about themselves, including the orange turd. They only care about themselves. And yes, someone's saying on social media that they want to they want to talk about, oh, well, look at what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden said, oh, you're not black if you don't vote for me. Hey, buddy. Hey, MAGA. He apologized for that statement. It was wrong of him to say that what he should have said, and he wasn't very articulate when Joe Biden made that statement. He said, well, these are the policies that I put together to help minorities. He should have done that. He didn't do that. But here's something that Joe Biden did. He apologized for that statement. Name me a time where Donald Trump has apologized for anything. I'll take your calls right now. I know there's people that want to join me on social media. I can talk to you on the radio right now, me and Chris Wynn. I'm going to give out the number. 702. 221-7283. If you want to join the conversation, if you agree or you disagree with me, you're ha- I'm happy to have you on. Call in right now. 702 Name one time Biden did. Uh, somebody is saying... Uh, when has Biden apologized? He's apologized multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. Whoever said that. And by the
0: way, it's not just Biden. A number of Democrats have said things. You you talked about Ilhan Omar. There's been a number of Democrats that have said things that would be, would be, you know, crossing the line. All right. Not acceptable. And they have apologized for it and they've shown, you know, contrition for that. That's not what happens when it comes to Trumpy Democrats or Trumpy Republicans. All right. So here, here's what sums up Donald Trump when you're talking, the whole thing you're talking about, Brian, as far as the kind of person they are. This, 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 this whole thing sums it up. It happened back in 2015, back when John McCain was still alive. And it was during the, during the actual election cycle of the yep. 2016 election when he made that comment, which was over the top, beyond the pale. Someone who is a coward who's never been in the United States military, dodged the military, who, avoided, who dodged it several times. And you make a comment. Yeah, About someone who is a war hero, who I disagree with, by the way, from a political standpoint. Right. John McCain, I have a number of things I disagree with him on. But I absolutely laud him as a war hero and someone who served this country admirably and was a POW. Right. You have someone who is a peon, like Donald Trump, who is a coward, who's never been in the military like we, like we have. And he's talking about him as a POW saying, I prefer people who weren't captured and by that that statement right there yeah. as infuriating as i'm getting right now is over the top a description of the type of character that donald trump has yeah and that man and that man got elected yeah. president of the United States. So somebody on social media just again. said uh, yeah.
1: Trump is the only honest man running for president. I would love you to call into the show. Don't That's be a, a ridiculous a, statement. Don't be a ridiculous. coward. I would yeah. love you to call into the show and explain yeah. to me that. Uh, the number to call, 702-221-7283. If you disagree with me and Chris, I'll happily take your phone call right now, and we could debate honesty and integrity, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And I would love to have that conversation with any MAGA. Again, that number to call, 702 221 7283 Somebody on social media, uh, I believe, has called me a child. That's probably the same person that supports uh, the petulant child in Donald Trump. All right, let's get right to the phone lines. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. I believe we have John on the line. John, what's going on, man?
6: Hey, man. John, what's going on? Hey, uh, I sure as hell hope that Mark, the, the tremendous, venerable general manager of KSHAP, is, is about the news that you're about to announce, is that he's about to give shows to the powerful Chris Wynn, the uh, incomparable Doug Basham, and, and throw Thomas Moscow in there, too. So we're going to have eight hours, bang, 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 solid, reasonable, intelligent talk radio to listen to, and we're going to syndicate it and go all across the nation. Well, at least it will I be with Thomas
0: Moscow, thing. right? Because that's a smooth It is right interesting, there. though. There are some people but, on
1: social media that are saying... <laughs> Uh, snowflake content, uh, if you think it's Snowflake content, then you don't have to be a coward. You can call into the show. Yeah, we're not can, Snowflakes. We'll get yeah, your face. Yeah. You
0: want to you talk? You want to talk issues? You if you want to tell we'll me that you we'll think line you up. If you
1: want to tell me that Donald Trump is a more compassionate person than Joe Biden, <laughs> I will gladly take your call uh, right now. Look, uh, 702-221-7283. Go ahead, John.
6: Look, look, hey, uh, I, I'm, I fall in the sea wind camp. I, I, uh, I don't follow Kerry Lake. But I get her feeds because I follow you, and it always says uh, uh, pushing the limits follows Carrie Lake. So I get her feeds. Look, Donald Trump's main advantage in life is that he's willing to stoop to levels that are far beneath what you can even imagine. And he came within a crooked vice president of becoming the uh, the dictator of the United States of America. He would become instantly the wealthiest, most powerful person the world has ever known. That's, his, that's what he's aiming for. It's not just do four more years and move on. He wants it all. He's a, a malignant narcissist who thinks the world's here to cater to his every whim. So, you know, when I read Kerry Lake's feeds, it's crystal clear that she doesn't believe this. This uh, she knows she lost. Trump knows. They all know they lost. That's what came out in the depositions and the text and so on and so forth. They're just muddy in the water for a coup. You know, we you know we all said this at the last election. Democracy at stake. It's. Still at stake. We dodged a bullet, but now he's he's re uh, he's reloading, uh, and he's coming back. In, yeah. in, 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 in I'm with the, you. The biggest thing I want to say, you, John. Is yeah, go he, ahead. What what he's what he's shooting for is to become the most powerful rich person the world has ever known. He wants to be the dictator of the United States. He believes in authoritarian fascism, and he wants to be at the head of the table. And people need to get that in their brains. It's hard to imagine but that's what this American yep. really was.
1: John, good to hear from you, my friend. I, I certainly don't disagree with you. Uh, thank you for the call. There are people that uh, you know, want to call me a liberal or call me a snowflake, and they want to uh, say that uh, you know I'm, I'm a far lefty because I dislike Donald Trump uh, severely. Uh, and if you're just joining us, we were talking about Carrie Lake, who put up a tweet on social media claiming uh, uh, that Donald Trump is this compassionate guy. It shows a video of him hugging a woman who has a severe illness. And, and because of that, when you look at the history of his life, how can you claim that Donald Trump is a compassionate guy? He brags about, you know, John uh, being responsible for John McCain's funeral. He, you know, he, he, he attacks black leaders who pass away because he doesn't like their politics, literally days hours after they got die, and yet there are still people out there that think Donald Trump is this compassionate person. Now, why am I talking about Donald Trump? Donald Trump is still the face of the
0: Republican
6: he is. Party.
1: is!
0: Why do you people keep saying that? It makes me so mad, Brian. People bring it up and say, hey, why are you talking about Donald Trump? Because he's still the face of your party, people. Right? That's why. He's still the guy that you're putting up there. He's still the mantle head. He's still the guy who we talk about when it comes to the GOP.
1: We're gonna play some massage music to yes. get to, to to uh calm down Chris Wynn. So Brian, um, one more
0: quick comment on the compassion yes. of Donald Trump. Remember that situation went down obviously with that the the uh the hurricane down in Puerto yes. Rico? Yes and, and he went down there. How Gave what, out what what is compassionate Donald yeah. Trump yeah. He's out there like Steph Curry up there shooting <laughs> threes with, with, with toilet with uh that's true with uh with uh, toilet paper and uh and, pa- and yeah. paper, very, me, paper very compassionate
1: person when yes. all these people die in, in in this other country that are our allies and what does Donald Trump do? He shows up and he starts throwing toilet paper at people and paper towels. Wow, that's a really compassionate person. Boy, I guess Kerry I guess Lake must be right. Donald Trump is such a compassionate person. Let's be very clear on this. Donald Trump only cares about one person, and that is Donald Trump. It's all he's ever cared about. He's an extremely selfish, narcissistic person. If you disagree, you can give me a call, 702-221-7283. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. I'd love to hear your excuses for why you want to vote for Donald Trump in 2024 and why you think he's this great American and wonderful person. 702 221 7283.
0: And so, Brian, uh, an avid listener, uh, Johnny Kane over on, uh, Facebook and, uh, of the show, uh, brings up, uh, Trump is going to apparently going to Ohio to hold citizens' hands that have been victimized by oh, the, wow. by the train derailment. He says, I hope they have plenty of rolls of paper, of paper towels on hand for him to toss out to the people of Ohio. Uh, and he referred to, obviously, you know, the, 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 uh, the political base there You know They can be swimming And knowingly drinking toxins And they will crawl to the bowls To continue to vote Republican Just because it's Ohio yeah. Well if people out there Disagree with me 100% yeah.
1: I'd, like to give yeah. them re- I'd like to give them An opportunity to come on the show and, and give me reasons why Why do you disagree with me 100% You don't think Joe Biden Is an empathetic person You think Donald Trump is what about when Joe Biden met with uh, those? All right, you can cut the massage music now because Chris is going to leave and he's going to go get him. Chris is going to leave and he's going to go get a massage. We're good. Um, but you know, the Joe Joe Biden talking to the George Floyd family, talking to the Nichols family, are those things that Donald Trump would or would even consider doing? You know, I'll tell you the things that Donald Trump will do. He'll grab a Bible, hold it upside down in front of a church for a photo op. Those are the type of things that donald trump does joe biden actually reaches out to people that's what joe biden does and uh we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be uh back live here in just a few minutes we're going to pay some bills again that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283 702-221-SAVE if you want to be a part of the program not on social media but actually on the radio show right now actually on the radio show right now if you want to be uh a part of the show now's the time to do it 702-221-7283 we'll take some calls on the other side and when we come back why is it that celebrities are treated so differently in the courtroom rather than ordinary everyday people I'm going to be talking about Mr. Ruggs who killed a woman going 150 miles an hour drunk guess what that trial still hasn't started yet we're going to talk about that when we come back we'll take some of your calls on the other side we'll take a two minute break we'll be back in two minutes you're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP
6: yourself is this the way you come up
1: All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday, on President's Day, by the way, on a day that we're talking about. Well, some people still think Donald Trump is the president. If you're a QAnon conspiracy theorist, you still think Donald Trump might be the president or might be running the military. He got elected in 2024, yeah. 20, didn't 2020, he?
0: 2020.
1: I'm telling oh, you, you know that? if you are a QAnoner or you think Donald Trump won the 2020 election, it's it's a mental illness and you need to seek help. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The number to call is <laughs> 702 Two two 7283 We're taking your calls. We've been talking a little bit about, uh, Carrie Lake putting out tweets over the weekend about how much she thinks Donald Trump is this compassionate, uh, human being. Obviously, uh, I disagree with that. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. All right, let's get right to the calls. 702-221-7283. Uh, uh, uh we, we had a few callers on and they, and they just dropped off. Uh, well, uh, call back. Uh, we had an issue with the phone line. 702-221. Uh, 7283 is the number to call. Yes, we've been talking about how myself and Chris, obviously, uh, we disagree with Kerry Lake. We do not believe Donald Trump is a very compassionate individual. Uh, we just don't. Uh, and, but if you disagree with us and you think Donald Trump is this compassionate person, give us a call. Again, that number 702-221-7283. Let's go to Paul. Paul is up next on Pushing yep. Limits. What's up, Paul? What's up, Paul? Hey,
5: what's up, man? You said anybody that didn't like Trump to call you, so I'm calling you.
0: All right. So the, you, the phone lines would be jammed, right, Paul, yeah. if if, uh, if he actually did call for that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what's up, Paul? Do you think Donald Trump is a compassionate person? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay, so tell me why.
5: Uh, you can just go back to his history while he was in New York, where before his uh, political ambitions, everyone loved him because of what he did for the people of New York. Okay, I mean, he so- put people up.
1: When you say everybody loved him, that's kind of a... Let me ask you a question. Uh, let's talk about his days in New York before he be, became a politician. What about the thousands of lawsuits against him and how he had to pay out minorities for not allowing them to live in his complexes? Would you call that compassionate? Would you call it compassionate during the Central Park Five when he put out an ad in the paper wanting them to get the death penalty and then when they were proven innocent since then, he hasn't apologized? Would you call those things compassionate? Because to me, compassionate... Yeah, of course. Wait, hold on. So it's compassionate to say that you want five minorities getting the electric chair, and then when they're found innocent, not apologizing for what he did, that's compassionate?
5: Yeah, of course it is. Let Let me go camp out on your front yard, and you want me out of there. Is that compassionate of you to let me set camp out in your front yard? What does that have to no, do with what want, I just said? No, you're going want me gone. What are you talking you're, you're about? You're
1: going to want me gone. What? Are, what is? What is being on a private property? What is wrong with him? Oh my God, he's you, a Trumpite. Oh, are you going to have me? a conversation, or are
0: you just no, going to say, point. "Is okay. this a prank call? Hold on, hold on, hold on." on. No, all
1: right. So let's let call. me repeat that. Let me repeat no, that be again. Be serious, Brian. Is it a prank call? Okay, so let's one person at a time. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. So, yeah. I just asked you a specific question, and it has nothing to do with what you just said, so I'm going to ask it again.
5: When, well, I mean, I heard your question. Okay, so I answer it appropriately. I, I yeah, I'm at, I'm, at, I'm going to answer it appropriately, Please because do. I don't know of anything about the, these five people and all of that. Of course I don't you know don't. How convenient.
1: It. Well, guess what? I don't know anything about all these people that you say love them either, so I guess we're even. Well...
5: Well, I mean, let me no educate you. Okay, their, their so, points, so, so so There's let a me so let me. Okay,
1: that don't like you. so. Oh, fair enough. So let let's have this conversation. There were five minorities. Yeah. They were teenagers. Okay, Good. they were accused of a brutal murder and rape of a young woman. At that time, Donald Trump put out an ad in the newspaper saying they all deserve the death penalty. Since then. They were released, they were found not guilty, and they were wrongfully accused. Since then, Donald Trump has not apologized or said he was wrong. Why is it then when somebody like Ahmaud Aubrey gets lynched by a bunch of uh, white people? Donald Trump doesn't put an ad out in the newspaper saying he wants them to get the death penalty. Why is it minorities, sir? Is that just a coincidence? Well,
5: I mean, wh- wh- who does he help mainly? Who has he helped? If you go back historically, who has he helped? He hasn't, he hasn't helped white people. Let me chime he in. Had, let me chime, had, chime in on this, he Paul.
0: Paul. Paul. Let me chime in on that yes. because you brought it up and yes. you said the and let me dissect a little bit of what you said. You said that he okay. helped the people of New York before he was president of the United States. What the heck what? are you talking about? Before he was president of the United States, he was a TV star, right? He was a t- he was on a TV show and so he was a celebrity. But yes, he had a business career in New York that benefited what the Trump organization, the Trump family. He of was in he was in business. Timeout. Let me finish. All right. He was in all business right? for himself. All right. When you talk Yo, about great. people that people liked him. All right. Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat. All right. I thought he was kind of funny okay, on TV. Oh, well, let me finish again. You don't need to jump in every time I'm, when, I'm, when I'm talking. All right. <laughs> when I watched him on TV, I thought he was kind of funny. He's kind of a funny TV guy. Right. I thought he was entertaining on television. I also am someone who is in my fifth decade. So I remember Donald Trump when he was in the, when it was the, when it was the eighties and the nineties and Donald Trump was, yes, he was kind of a pop icon because he was a symbol of success in New York City. Didn't really reflect the reality of his situation as far as him as a business person. He's not somebody that you hold up in the business community and say, Oh, let's be like Donald Trump. That's not the case. But yes, he was a pop icon symbol of success. So. I don't know what you're talking about when you say he helped the people of New York and that he was somehow beneficial. Well, let's let Paul answer. It doesn't make any go sense. Go ahead, Paul.
5: Yeah, go ahead, Paul. No, I mean, I, 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 what do you want to know? How okay. did he help people? Okay, so I mean, he's helped. He's yeah. helped numerous of people. I mean, there was there was the lady that the big real estate agents were trying to get her out of her house. He put her up. There, okay. There's been movie stars that were that were down on their luck, didn't have money. He put them up. Okay, so he helps the movie he's, stars. He's okay. giving out. Thousands All of right. Let me of ask thousands you a question, Paul. The
1: argument is whether he's a compassionate person. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Day, That's days, sure. So days after John McCain died uh, and had the funeral, uh, Donald Trump wasn't talking about the good man John McCain was. He was talking about how he wanted credit. For John McCain's funeral. Is that a compassionate person? Yes or no? That's not
5: what that I don't remember recalling. Of course John you don't. On, okay, so why wouldn't you remember that? Why wouldn't you remember that? Let's, let's <laughs> take Paul at his word. Hold on.
3: Paul
1: doesn't let, seem so to remember that. Okay. No, I no, no, no. If, him if you if you
5: don't losing he, himself, he didn't want to be part of it. No. And he wrong, was asked not wrong, to go to the funeral. Wrong. The McCain family
1: the McCain family didn't want him there, but that's not what my question was. He wanted credit for the funeral, and it's interesting you don't okay, let's move to something else. I'll 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 I'll, I'll kind of uh, try to uh, entertain. entertain it. Yes. When yes. Colin Powell died, Donald Trump wasn't okay. talking about what a wonderful person Powell was. He was attacking his policies. Uh, is that somebody with compassion?
5: Uh, considering that Colin Powell was basically kind of traitorous towards him. <laughs> yes, so you're defending I, that? I would agree, I would agree Colin, with that. How is Colin Powell traitorous? Token. I, didn't, I didn't agree with what he did. About, I, I, liked, I had a lot of respect for Colin Powell. Okay, well, and I, this I'm, isn't about you. This is about Donald knowing, Trump. Here's the thing I always tell everybody, right? Okay, yeah. It's not about Democrats and about Republicans, which is what modern media wants to do. It's not this bloodbath against each other because our founding fathers created both parties so that America could be flexible. Okay, can I go with that? You're just making a general statement. No, hold on. No, Paul, let's go with that statement Paul, right now. Let's, let's that doesn't
0: have anything to do with the conversation. Hold on. Paul, let's go with that? Does,
1: Paul, no, let's, no. Paul yes, let's go with that. Yes, sir. You don't think people should attack each other and, and you shouldn't have a bloodbath, right? How many nicknames does Donald Trump have for Republicans and Democrats? How many times has Donald Trump attacked somebody on social media? How many times has Trump gone after women based on looks? As far as Mexicans, these people crossing the border, they're bad people. And I suppose some of them are good people. Uh, going after women, going after Ted Cruz's wife based on looks. If you don't want a bloodbath, then why would you support Donald Trump who attacks
5: every single person that disagrees with him? You're contradicting yourself. I'm not contradicting myself. I, I look at the totality of everything. I mean, nobody. Sure, yes, you are. Not
1: We're not, not me. talking
5: about the totality no, of everything. No, you are talking know. about Donald okay, Trump, you and you won't admit the fact that he is absolutely I divisive. Will. You won't let me talk, bro. <laughs> you won't let me talk. Well, you keep changing <laughs> but the subject. Okay. I'm not changing the subject. I'm, I'm sitting here saying everybody has fault. He's not a perfect man. Has he been a perfect man his whole 76 years, 74, whatever, Nobody's, saying he's, he Nobody's no. saying he's perfect. Nobody's saying he's perfect. Why, why, why are you bringing that up? You're kind of, well, you're trying to pull stuff back from 20, 30 years. I'm, oh, back yeah. Back. But, yeah. Crazy that, would, crazy that we would. we uh, would. Exactly hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Crazy. One person at a time. Paul, what yeah, you just it's not, said is, it's not Paul, Paul, did bad Paul, Paul, you're yes, going to stop yeah. now. Paul, you just said something that is not factually accurate. I am not bringing up everything that is 20 or 30 years ago. Hold on. I brought up a number of things that he's done in the last four or five years as president. So what you're saying is not factually accurate. Yes, the Central Park five was many years ago. I am talking about the statements about saying, how about this? I won the election in a landslide. Joe Biden cheated. What about January six? Did that happen 30 years ago?
5: No, that happened within the last five what years. What do you yeah. think
1: about that when he was sitting in his ass in his chair watching January 6th on TV for five hours, not willing to put out any type of video? What What do you make about him lying till today and saying that uh, he won the election in a landslide? Do you have a problem with that?
5: Uh, no, I don't, because I actually, I live in Georgia, and I do believe it, it was a farce here in Georgia. You well, believe you're wrong, that? Then. Where are you're you wrong. getting, and where are if you, you getting, and where are you I'm getting right, that? You are. Okay, so
1: okay, so let's go with something called a fact. Yes. Um, That was certified in the state of Georgia. Donald Trump had 62 chances in a courtroom to prove that that was uh, not a legitimate election. No proof of that. No evidence of widespread voter fraud. I guess if you believe the earth is flat, you're entitled to your opinions, but it doesn't make it right. Where is your direct evidence that Donald Trump won the 2020 election,
0: sir?
5: Hear it. Let's hear it. WSB. I'm sorry? WSB. WSB, look, go back and look at all it's the a TV videos station and all that. In, in
0: Atlanta, right? WSB, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it is.
5: Yes, it is. Okay, right. so TV station.
1: Okay, so I asked you for direct evidence, yes. and you, your you only response a is station? a TV station. All right, listen, Paul. No, I,
5: I'm saying, Well, you, you cut me off. I was telling you, WSB, uh-huh. go look at all their. Uh, no, I'm not going to look at it. Give me the evidence. TV? No, I'm
1: not going to look at it. I want to hear it from you. What is the direct evidence that Donald oh. Trump won the 2020 election? Surely, if you come up you're with a have, claim like you're
5: that, you're going to have to look at it for yourself because you have no. I would say but what i what i would say would be hearsay correct so if you want direct evidence no you're what you're saying isn't hearsay
1: yourself. what you're saying is idiotic i appreciate you calling in uh-huh. paul donald trump did not All win. Right, the, donald trump did not win the 2020 election and you know he did uh, okay he did. Well, we, but well you know we what the, you know we what to the earth is flat no we're not going to agree to disagree you're entitled to your own opinions not your own facts and you don't have any but i appreciate you calling in paul thank
0: you Holy smokes. I was dead serious, Brian, when I said, is that a crank call? Because, I mean, so many ridiculous things that he said, so many things that were not based in fact whatsoever. And look, and then then he starts going in on, on Georgia. and He thinks Georgia was corrupt when it comes to the 2020 election. Last time I checked, Ratzenberger is what, Brian? What party is he in? Yeah, he's a Republican. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You're and right. who certified the election? You're right. The Secretary of State of Georgia. You're not going to hear an argument. Who happens for me. To be a That's me a, a good break. point. I mean, it's just. By the way, including it's like arguing with complete imbeciles. It really is. Chris. I mean, it's. A, also, I use this phrase all the time, right, Brian? Assassination of fact. By the way, That's you're missing something. Assassination of fact, my friends. Also, Republican. Tighten up. Also,
1: Republican judges. Yes, uh, that were appointed by Trump. Let's not 100%. forget about it. People say, "Oh, the, the judges didn't allow the evidence." That's also not true. Yeah. There were there were Rudy Giuliani and, and and some of else of his crony attorneys had an opportunity to show evidence. There is no evidence of widespread voter fraud that would have changed the outcome of the 2020 election. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. And if you want to talk about what arguably would have been the biggest crime in the history of this country, my question to you is: Why do Republicans go to felon den- D'Souza and the My Pillow guy for answers because it's a lie. That's why. And it's a farce and it's ridiculous. 702 221 7283 is the number to call again if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702 221 save. I do want to uh, switch topics here quickly because it gets me very uh, frustrated and pumped up as it does you, Chris, when people yes. say that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, which is absurd. Uh, but You know, listen, magas are going to be magas. There's nothing we can do about it, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, there's another topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And I'm very sensitive to this because my grandmother died uh, at the hands of a drunk driver. And um, we remember Henry Ruggs. Ruggs, a former NFL player, played Mm -hmm. for the uh, Raiders. And Ruggs was going 100. This was over a year ago, right? He was going 150 miles an hour. He killed a young woman and her dog. Uh, it's tragic uh, her car lit on fire. She basically burned alive Just a horrible way to go and it's terrible and rugs hired some celebrity attorneys who are those celebrity attorneys Richard schunfeld and david Chesnoff. listen I understand that these attorneys have the job to do and they're going to represent their client to the best of their abilities I-, I totally understand that But I believe there is a line that you shouldn't cross His attorneys have made every single excuse for rugs except for putting some responsibility on Henry Ruggs, who killed this young lady. They've blamed the car manufacturer for the car lighting on fire. Uh, They said that he wasn't drunk, and and they illegally took blood samples. I mean, the list goes on and on of the excuses that Henry Ruggs' attorneys have made, and now they're making another one, and that's why I'm talking about it. Um, Schoenfeld and Chestnut are arguing in the filing that... uh, Zimmerman, who is the judge presiding over this case, at least for now, singled out Ruggs and violated his right to equal protection when, without notifying the attorney, she decided to keep the former wide receiver's case on her calendar while the rest of the thousands, they claim, of DUI cases were transferred to a new judge, because they want a new judge. They don't want Zimmerman to be on this case. Chesnoff said it's outrageous. Here we are now, well over a year into this case, where Tina Tintor, the young poor girl, who is now six feet underneath the ground, who never did anything wrong, is dead. And yet, the trial hasn't started yet. None of those phases have started yet. They keep prolonging this and delaying this. And I say to myself, Chris, and you can tell me whether you agree or not, if this is you or me, and we have just your everyday Joe Schmo attorney, you know, would we not be in jail right now? Ruggs is out on bail. He's been out on bail. Now, he's not allowed to drink. There are some rules with his uh, being out on bail, which, by the way, he failed already, yet they didn't do anything about it. Why is it that rich celebrities like Henry Ruggs, who has a lot of money, are treated differently than people like you and me? Why
0: is that? That's the question that I ask. Well, the short answer is this. Obviously, it's about resources, right? And we talk about his celebrity. That doesn't really mean come to play. Look, he's a, he was a young wide receiver just coming into the league. We're not talking about someone who had the status of Michael Jordan, right? Or LeBron James or something like that. But he does, but he did, does have financial resources. Therefore, he's going to be able to get attorneys like uh, the likes that he has representing him in this case. So they're going to be pulling a lot of magic tricks, right? A lot of this is about the court of public opinion, right? You have to kind of separate, Brian. Look, I understand your empathetic approach to this, as you should, right? A lot of us that are empathetic and sympathetic to this woman and her family understand that. But you also have to understand, from a legal standpoint, right, and from a, the court of public opinion, I guess, how the attorneys are going to try to frame this, right? And they're going to pull everything uh, out out of out of a hat to try to... Both get the, the public perception uh, more sympathetic to Ruggs. And then, of course, what's going to take place as far as the legal procedures, right? Yeah. When they're actually in court, the attorneys are going to use everything at their, disposal, at their disposal to get either Henry Ruggs, you know, the lightest sentence, or, you know, to benefit him in any way, shape, or form that they can. So that's the approach they take. That's I kind of separate that way in my head. I understand what you're saying from a compassion standpoint, right, as far as right. the family and all that. But you also have to understand. Look, this is America, and there's certain people, right? Whether it be Henry Ruggs, whether it be celebrities, whether it be actors, whether it be athletes, whatever, that have resources when it comes to having legal yeah. representation that most of us, average Joes and average Janes out there, are not going to have access to. Yeah. And that's exactly the case here with Henry Ruggs. Yeah. And and not only is it going to, are they going to represent him when it comes to public opinion out there before the trial? The trial hasn't started yet we haven 't even got to the legal proceedings yet. this is all about right. kind of positioning themselves before the trial, correct, and then what 's going to take place in the actual legal trial that takes place in the proceedings you 're going to see you know these these attorneys are going to are going to pull out every stop to try to try to uh, minimize yeah. the damage. so let me be clear here.
1: this is an open and shut case let me be yeah. very let me be very clear from the beginning. It has been proven that Henry Ruggs was driving on a road that, correct me if I'm wrong, on Rainbow, that's about 35 miles per hour, maybe. He was going 150 miles per hour. That's number one. That is beyond reckless driving. Forget about him even being drunk for a moment. That is a death wish because Mm -hmm. you are playing Russian roulette with society. It's not just about you. It's about everybody else on the roads. That's number one. Number two, he was piss drunk. Okay? He was drunk. He was way over the legal limit, and he was drunk, going 150 miles an hour. He killed this poor young lady. That is murder. Now, if you want to say, well, Brian, it's not attempted murder. It's involuntary manslaughter. Okay, well, we'll let the legal, uh, we'll let the justice system uh, decide that. If you had it my way, Henry Ruggs would be in jail for the rest of his life. Now, why do I feel that way? Uh, Based on the circumstance, Um, he killed somebody. And he didn't kill somebody even going 10 or 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. He's going 150 miles an hour. Now, that's just my personal opinion. I know that's never going to happen. He's going to get some jail time, but it probably won't be a lot. He should never be allowed to play professional football ever again. Uh, You know whose rights were taken away? Tina Tintor, the young lady who died. Her rights were taken away because she's dead. And she's dead because of one person and one person only, and because of his judgment that day or that night or in the early morning hours, and because of his behavior. That's Henry Ruggs. The car is not responsible. It's not bad police work. The one person that is responsible for the death of Tina Tintor is Henry Ruggs. Period. And his celebrity judges can do whatever they want. I believe at a minimum, Rugs should be 10 years behind bars. That's probably not going to happen because Ruggs has a lot of money. It's his first time offense. That's probably not going to happen. I am getting sick and tired of these celebrities uh, with money. Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson... The list goes on and on with people with money that can literally get away with murder. Or in Bill Cosby's case, on multiple levels, which I believe, rape. And I am tired of it. I call it the injustice system, because if you have money in this country, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, in my opinion. If you have money and you're famous and you can buy the best attorneys that money can buy, you get treated much differently than if
0: you're somebody with, you know, on every regular day person. Well, here's the thing, Brian. Myself, Nunchuck, Nilly, and everybody out there at PTL Vegas absolutely probably agree with your sentiment, right? We absolutely agree that this appears to be an open and shut door case right, right. it's something that look the, every, a, a lot of us have seen the movie wolf of wall street right when you got the prosecutor that goes in there and they have the meeting with uh with the, with the guy who's and, and and the guy basically the prosecutor basically says you know what i could whip out my appendage here on the on on the the uh, judges on the judge's uh, desk and still win this case yeah. there are a number of cases like that right guys when it comes to in, in the united states there's a lot of cases where we all know or we all believe that the person is guilty of sin yeah. and that they should face the, 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 the maximum punishment, right? Or they should face a severe punishment regarding what they actually are accused of and what they did. The fact of the matter is, though, there will be a trial, right? There's going to be a legal process. And so a lot of things you talked about, a, a lot of things you said, quite frankly, before the trial even started is about the legal process. You brought up a lot of, a lot of things as far as, well, you know, uh, uh, you brought up a lot of details that will be brought up during the actual trial that takes place.
1: Somebody on social media said DUI people walk away from it all the time. That is 100% false. Find me somebody that is not a rich celebrity that goes on the road driving 150 miles an hour, by the way, over 100 miles an hour over the speed limit, and kills somebody drunk. Find me one case where that person spent zero.
0: Jail time. Well, let me no no. Ta- let me clar- clarify that, Brian. When they say they walk away, what degree do they walk away? They walk away paying large fines, right? No, we're talking because about no jail not, time. Well, oh, oh, they're talking about they're yeah. you're, they're specifically yes. talking about going to jail. On social media. Well, yes. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but here in Nevada, if if you're if you're pulled over, I don't care if it's by state trooper by Metro, and you are a DUI, you're taken straight to jail. They don't let you just drive home. You're absolutely put in jail, right? You're absolutely thrown in jail. So that would be true. Everybody that gets D, a DUI, and I, I've ne- not on wood, never had a DUI here in Nevada, but uh, or anywhere, but uh, that would be the case. I, I, I expect that they are actually thrown in jail. So I think they're kind of alluding to the fact that everybody is uh, second chance isn't only really the right word. But your there's a, there's a severe financial penalty, even for your first DUI. It's a severe financial penalty. It's probably up to five grand that you end up having to pay with legal fees and everything that has to go down. But, uh, if you have multiple DUIs, then it gets absolutely yeah. more problematic. So somebody on standpoint.
1: social media brought up the Hardy case. First of all, I said, find me somebody who is not a celebrity that doesn't have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. you're not listening to me. That's number one. And number two, find me circumstances where somebody is driving, let's just say in excess of a hundred miles an hour. Right. We know that, uh, uh this guy was driving uh Rugs was driving oh, uh, 150 miles yes. an hour uh into 35. Find me a circumstance that is anywhere similar to this case because every case is different. How fast were you going? How much alcohol did you have in your system? Do you have any priors? There's a lot of things, you know, uh, that, that come in, into play. Yeah, yeah. It's again, I'm going to be very simple with this, okay? Henry Rugs killed an innocent woman in the middle of the night driving 150 Absolutely. miles an hour drunk. Yeah. If there's anybody out there that thinks that you don't deserve any jail time for doing what Rugs did, then you and I have nothing in common. You and I have nothing, zero. I in a in a in a perfect world I know that you can't get life in prison for killing somebody on the road. I understand that. But I believe in my personal opinion, this is my problem with DUIs in general. I believe if you get pulled over for any sort of DUI, there should be a mandatory prison sentence of uh, maybe a month. I don't know, just something. And I'm saying if you don't hurt anybody. Right. A mandatory, you lose your license for a year, you, you get it to sit in prison for a month and think about what you did. If you hurt somebody, mandatory minimum, even a broken arm, broken finger, mandatory prison sentence of a year. If you kill somebody... At a minimum, we should have laws in this country. At a minimum, you spend ten years behind bars. That is a minimum. Those are my opinions on what I believe uh, should happen when it comes to DUIs.
0: And look, to be honest, I would love to have Thomas Moskal in here. This is his wheelhouse. This is something that he would be, you yeah. know, over the top as far as expertise well, Thomas, when it comes to this. But look, everything you described, there are. Guidelines in place, right? When it comes to sentencing, when it comes to, you know, what's been determined, it gets, it gets tricky, obviously. And look, I'm not a lawyer, right? I'm not an attorney, but it gets tricky when you're talking about dealing with, uh, you know, is it manslaughter? Is it actual homicide, vehicular homicide? It gets kind of tricky. So there, but, but what you just, you you just described, Brian, what you just talked about is in place. There are guidelines in place in, in every state in the United States regarding this. But the,
1: but the circumstances here, is how fast he was driving, the reckless driving, the fact that he was drunk, the fact that a young woman died and her dog. I mean, it's a horrible mm-hmm. circumstance, and I'm just so sick of people. that
0: 156 want, miles an listen, hour on a residential street, so listen, guys. this guys. Not I, on the
1: freeway. So listen, this on is... On a street. So listen, this yeah. is where I disagree with Democrats when it comes to certain things, and I'm not saying every Democrat is like this, but a lot are. They're too easy on crime. I mean, there are a lot of Democrats out there uh, that don't want to enforce our laws. This is sometimes where I agree with Republicans where we need to enforce our laws on the books and they need to be tougher. Whether that's gun control or DUI deaths, you name it, uh, as a whole, this is where I disagree with Democrats. Uh, and listen, I went through it. If you kill somebody on the road and you're drunk and it's proven, minimum 10 year sentence. I mean, and again, I know people in this town I would lot, disagree I Brian, know people in this Brian town. I gotta push back I, know, okay, I hold gotta on, push back hold on. Because, well, 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 I mean, let me just finish just, I know people said. okay hold on I know people in this town that have gotten six or seven DUIs and they're still allowed to drive a car um, I would say after your second DUI you probably shouldn't be allowed to drive a car either I, I think first DUI you know one year suspension I think that'll end a lot of DUIs on our road uh, if it's proven and then if you get an, a second DUI you're done you're done you can't drive a car again for the rest of your life I firmly believe that that will save lives if we have laws like that, because I'm tired of it.
0: Okay, so i got to push back on what you said regarding the Republican-Democrat debate. As a Democrat, there's no one out there that's soundly, logically saying to themselves, oh, we need to be more compassionate when it comes to enforcing our laws. There's no, there's no mandate, there's no principle in the Democratic Party that says, oh yeah, we need to be soft on crime. Okay. So there's that, there's that first. Secondly, yes, are there aspects when it comes to, say, for example, immigration, right? And, and having compassion and empathy when it comes to immigrants coming to this country or undocumented immigrants coming to this country and maybe having some leeway when it comes to that. Absolutely. There is. And maybe there is some difference there between Republicans and Democrats, but let's not get it twisted and act like Democrats are out there and are just a bunch of softies. Let me respond. To and that, that want, and, no, and let me finish. And that want. Especially violent criminals, right? Whether it be rapists, whether it be people that commit vehicular homicide or regular homicide or rape or whatever. This idea that Democrats would be softer on rapists or murderers than Republicans is complete nonsense. It's complete garbage.
1: Okay, so let me respond to that. It's Uh, not
0: true. First of all, uh, there will never be a Democrat that will get up
1: and say, I am soft on crime. So that's ridiculous. I'm not claiming that there are Democrats that say that.
0: I hold on. because well, we won't, because we aren't. Now, now let me, finish. that's why they're not okay, going to say now it. Now,
1: let me finish. I'm well, I mean, you
0: know why we make the statement. Okay. It's true. All right, they won't.
1: Me, I'm just responding to what you just said. So let oh, me finish okay. now. Um, <laughs> you had made the statement that there's no Democrats that get up and say they're soft on crime. Well, yeah, obviously no Democrat is going to get up and say that. And that's number one. Um, number two, uh, when you look at certain policies that Democrats put on the books and lack of putting on the books, for example, DUIs, uh, there are a lot of Republicans that are known to be harder on crime, whether it be DUIs or the gun laws we do have on the books right now. Uh, you mentioned immigration. I'll give you a perfect example. There are a portion, a good portion of Democrats in this country that believe if you are undocumented, you should be allowed to have a bank account. You should be allowed to have a driver's license. I disagree with that. Republicans disagree with that.
0: I have empathy. That has nothing to do with crime, though. Have, when, have somebody having a okay. driver's license? Or a, it does, and here's wh- why. Here's, how, why does that have to do with crime? It
1: does, and here's why. When you see some of these people who are undocumented that are on the roads that have a driver's license, many of them do not have something called insurance. And when they get into these car accidents, they're not able to pay if they accidentally or on purpose or DUI, whatever the case may be, not able to pay off the person who is injured. So,
0: yes, a lot of it's illegal not to have insurance in almost every state in this country. I believe in every state in the country. Okay. You can't you can't you're not supposed to drive, be able to drive a car without insurance. So what are you talking about? It's an illegal act. What I am talking about if you're is documented that or not.
1: People that are getting driver's license, even though they are undocumented and they are not paying taxes, are still able to drive a vehicle. I disagree with that. I don't. It's a privilege to drive a car. It's not a right. We're not talking about guns now. OK, it's a privilege to drive a car. Democrats are
0: weak on this issue as a whole. And I'm sorry if you disagree with the facts. Well, fact- I mean, it's just, it's just kind of weak it's, it's, it's a weak. it's a weak argument, to be honest with you. It okay. doesn't really apply to the overall argument that you're making that Democrats overall are softer on crime than Republicans. Because I fundamentally disagree with that premise. The premise is wrong. Democrats are not softer on crime than Republicans. And I'll give you a perfect example. Gun control. Gun control is a perfect example. Republicans want no laws Lower, whatsoever lowers, lowers when it came when it comes to guns, <laughs> right? No, but to your point, <laughs> what if Republicans are so harsh when it comes to being law and order, yes. right, and having why, then why are they so soft on gun control, Brian? Right, well, let's why, take some Why calls. do they want?
1: What? Let's take some calls real quick. Seven zero two 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 to avoid the question. Then, well, no, I want so to try to get some calls. Okay, what is fine. your question? Okay. Go ahead quickly. Uh, okay,
0: so so your your contention that Republicans are so much tougher on crime. What is your explanation for their their reasons for being soft? On gun legislation and gun sure. laws. So, what's your explanation for that? Sure, about?
1: I'll answer that. Okay. So, as generally speaking, generally, uh, not when it comes to every issue facing this country in general, okay. I do believe that as a whole, Republicans are harder on crime. Now, maybe not, you know, blue collar crime, but I'm talking about some of the serious crimes or white in this collar country. crime too. Uh, you think uh, yes.
0: Republicans are tougher on uh, white collar crime so than, I'm, than I'm Democrats your are? So, I'm question
1: in general terms. I do believe that. Okay. Um, Republicans are harder on crime than Democrats, certainly when it comes to immigration, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to DUI deaths as well. 702 Let's go to Fernando. Hi, Fernando. What's going on, man?
0: What's up, Fernando?
5: Hey, guys. Um, on the DUI theme, I'll give you a, a case um, that happened in my family. Uh, my cousin's husband got DUI, got pulled over, goes into court. The judge gives him a $100 fine. And says i don't want to see you again he does it again two times okay the judge gave him three months probation and to work uh, work release on uh, clean up the freeways okay and then my cousin my cousin she goes she tells the judge judge please plead with the judge put him in jail please because he's going to do it again mm-hmm. yeah and the judge scolded her and told her young lady you don't tell me what to do this is my courtroom Okay, Mm. so sure enough, three months later, he did it again. But this time he killed a man and a son. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Third time. So it's it's the judges. Look at the shooter. Hey, hey, let me
1: let me add something. I agree with everything you just Mm -hmm. said. Let me add something. The Mm -hmm. shooter in the Michigan State shooting that took place last week. Guess what? He was out. He was let out. If you look at uh, the crimes that he committed prior to the shooting, he should have been in jail and the and i'm sorry laws in this country are not always enforced and our justice system is the injustice system and it's soft and we have the wrong people in prison too you can go the other route a lot of drug offenses where probably people shouldn't be in jail and they are so we can go both ways on this issue it's messed up uh do you agree with me fernando that as a whole generally speaking i think democrats are softer on crime than republicans
5: uh, yeah, it seems like it, yes. I do agree it with
0: you. It seems like it, so it um, seems like it, I guess. I mean, you guys aren't even It tied. sounds like Fernando's so in a in a tornado, Fernando, so we've got to let him... Exa- so Fernando, so Fernando, thank you for the phone Fernando, call. Fernando, thank you for the call. So, Fernando brought up an example, right? There is nothing that has anything to do with Democrats or Republicans in his example. It's about the judge, right, who apparently was lenient when it came to these individuals. It's not about the judge being a Republican or Democrat. It's about the judge being an a, a officer of the law, right? Somebody who is a ju- who is a judge, it has nothing to do with it, they, whether they have another... a D or an R next to their name. So, so somebody... again, you guys are just you're making you're, you're creating a situation that's supposed <laughs> to be political, but it's not. It has to do with the decision made by the judge. I like the massage right? music and the law and 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 yes, the way our legal system is in the United States. <laughs> right, okay, you on. can you can complain about Let it me give you and example. you can bitch and moan about it, Brian. Let and, me give and, you another and, example. And, and, but it has nothing to do. With Democrat or Republican, let at me, all. Let me give you another example. All right, we yeah.
1: can turn the music down. We right. play we yeah. play massage music when when the bleeding heart yeah, level too hard, much. When I get fired up. Um, I'll give you another example. And by the way, somebody on social media, I agree with them. They said uh, Democrats are softer on the punishment. Uh, I would agree. But let me give you an example. The death penalty. Here's another issue where I agree with Republicans on. I believe that if you rape somebody, God forbid, or if you murder somebody and it's intentional— not talking about a DUI, right? Uh, in general terms, or in the case of the Parkland shooter who got life in prison without parole, the shooter in Buffalo in the supermarket who got life in prison without parole, 99% of Republicans agree with me that, you know, we need to put those people to death, the death penalty. Many and most Democrats do not believe the death penalty should be in action and it shouldn't be out there. Uh, again, that's another example of Republicans talking about punishment, and I agree with Republicans on this. The death penalty still should be there, especially with DNA evidence today. Very difficult to be found guilty of a very serious crime and actually be innocent. It's more difficult today than it was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, Democrats, most of them are against the death penalty. And I'm sorry, I don't have compassion for people that rape people and murder people. I, I don't forgive people like that. I am pro-death penalty. And Democrats
0: do? And Democrats. They're against the death penalty. By the way, by the way, I'm a Democrat who is, has no problem whatsoever with the death penalty. That's you. And myself, and by the way, you had Carl, Carl, I have a listener to the show. Carl called in last week and you talked about this whole situation with Carl. Okay, and he brought up Carl was bringing up being you know more severe as far as keeping these people alive, in which you know you put him in a he was talking about a, a six foot box that you should put him in for the rest of their lives and basically just feed him and you know which essentially is torture, folks. Let's be honest about it. That's torture. Mm-hmm. And look, I, as someone who's an ex-military, that's person, never going happen. I would never, I would never you know want to uh, condone that type of thing. But the point being is that. Brian, it's not, it's not all Democrats, okay? I mean, are there some extreme left Democrats that want to do away with the death penalty? Probably. And I would, and I would as a Democrat, disagree with those individuals, yeah. and I would bring up
1: points and mm-hmm. reasons why. And by the way, there's somebody on social media that said it's inhumane. The de- uh, to, no, no, it's not. Uh, no, the definitely, you're
0: dead. Uh, so right, first
1: right. of all, there are ways of, 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 hold on, installing the death penalty right. uh, where the person does not suffer. Uh, so the people that are said we're not talking about the electric chair here. That's not what I'm for. Lethal injection. Uh, the person does not suffer. They die. Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Good conversation. We're going to take a break. Chris Wynn in the house, the bleeding heart liberal who gets red in the face. Lefty lefty all over the place, baby. All right. So we're going to switch topics a little bit here. Las Vegas is a service industry town, right? Yes. Uh, so I have somebody in studio who is a decades, decades-long bartender here in town. Yeah, uh, We're going to call him Nelly, uh, Mark Nelly. Uh, that's what we'll call him. Uh, not Nelly the well, Rapper. Well, he's been on
0: the show before, so it's not like he's not, a mystery. Not to be confused
1: okay. with Nelly the Rapper. Donald Trump doesn't like those kind of people. But anyway, uh, he's going to be joining us next. I want to ask him, who are the worst customers he's had uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll answer this question. He doesn't have to. Who are the best and worst tippers? Uh, we're going we're gonna to go all out. And I heard he had an incident at a local bar here on the Strip last week, so we're going to talk to him about that as well. Take a quick break. Be back right after this, but before we leave, I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent Primary Care. They're located right down the street, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed. Uh, they took care of me. They Chris, they gave me the testosterone therapy, and i got to tell mm-hmm. you, man, it changed my life. I mean, I wouldn't have people like Paula Abdul hitting on me on a red carpet if I didn't have my testosterone therapy, but but, uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, if you don't have insurance, they take most insurances. But if you don't, it's only a $95 payment. How great is that? Give them a call, please, 702-248-0554. You can also visit them online at SaharaWestUrgentCare.com. I just spoke to one of the uh, co-owners of the business, wonderful guy. They are just great people, a lovely couple, and I promise they will take care of you. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. Tell them I sent you. All right, take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. It's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Mosville. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call
0: now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Brigham Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is... Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
5: So hot and
1: Alright, welcome back. It is pushing the limits. On a Monday, quick programming note for you. We got some great guests lined up for you later in the week. Eleven-year NBA veteran, by the way, going to talk a little bit about uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, played for, the, had some good years with the Milwaukee Bucks. Paul McKeski going to be joining us in studio on Big Mo. Thursday. Big Mo, going to be joining us in studio Thursday. The seven-footer. Tomorrow's going to be very interesting because we got uh, a lovely lady who does a great podcast here in Vegas called Girl Chat Sports. Her name is Melissa Ferris. I am going to get into a debate, argument. We'll see how it goes. WNBA players demanding more money, yet the business has lost money 26 years in a row. I just don't get it. I just don't... Uh, I, 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 I don't understand it. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow with uh, Melissa. We got Michelle Mortensen, the eight-time Emmy winner that's going to be in studio Wednesday, and Thomas Moskal is hosting the show for me on Friday as I took Friday off. We got Chris Wynn in studio, so I said to myself, I want to, you know, Vegas is a service industry town yes. and I like getting stories from service industry people, uh horror stories because I, I I tell you I could never work in the service industry. I worked at uh, a restaurant called Macaroni Grill when I was in college. I lasted a week. This woman was such a bitch. I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> this this customer was the worst. Uh and and she kept I had to bring the food back blah, and and I got so angry. It was like 10 minutes of torture and I said I I said it I can't is. do this anymore. Uh yeah. And so I, uh, I couldn't take it. So she ordered a coffee, and I just intentionally spilled it on her. Oh, Jesus! And
0: uh, I said I quit. So that's one way to go, I guess.
1: Right uh, now, yeah. I, I, I kind of regret the way I handled that, but a part of me doesn't. Anyway, <laughs> joining me, joining me in studio right now, uh, you call him Mark, call him Nelly. Hence the music that we played in. Who has been in the service <laughs> industry, Mark, for how many years as a bartender here in Vegas? In Vegas since two thousand and three. Oh, so okay, so a long time, almost twenty years. All right, so. There are a lot of misconceptions about a lot of different people uh, and how they treat or mistreat you, but you work on the strip uh you are a bartender uh, how do you deal with drunk people that are just terrible pain in the ass customers oh there's so many of them
7: <laughs> it's like a daily basis right it's it's a it's a non issue it's part of the deal it's fun, but it's part of the deal you just have to you know you deal with it you have to be extremely a jerk for me to notice you. How about that? Because there's so many drunk people.
1: Sorry if we're having problems with our audio again. Some people on social media are saying it's muffled. I, I don't know why, uh, but I apologize for that. Uh, on the radio, we seem to sound just fine. But uh, but anyway, um, go ahead and take uh, the TikTok cell phone. Um, so, Mark, explain to me. There are a lot of people that say men are more difficult to serve than women, vice versa. Can we start there? I'm not going to inject race into this because that would be racist uh, to name races or people that don't tip better than others. Um, But would you say men
7: or women are worse tippers as a whole? As a general, generally speaking, men tip better than women. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. And I'm a psych major. I have no could idea. Could it be because they have a penis? Could that be why? No, the penis has <laughs> nothing to do with it. If the penis could write a bigger tip, I would be appreciative of well, it. Well, that's really off-putting. Uh, but anyway, yeah,
1: okay. So men tip better than women. Correct, and that's like, that's that's me- that's, a, that's, a, that's that's
7: a. A known deal. Do
1: you know when somebody walks in if they're going to be a problem customer or yes. not? Explain to
7: me that. I have a sixth sense. <laughs> it's my spider bartender sense in Las Vegas. <laughs> I know immediately if someone's going to be crazy. Just this past weekend, I had a semi-homeless person allegedly come in. How could you be semi-homeless? It's either homeless or you're not homeless. Right? Uh, he was an older... It's either you're Chris wh- Wynn or you're not. Uh, he was Well, <laughs> no, he was an older white gentleman... <laughs> Dark white hair. Yes. Uh, cuts on his face. So if you have cuts on your – well, Chris Wynn had a cut on his face, did Is that did. <laughs> Yes. He, he was borderline C-Wynn. Uh, and he called me the N-word. Wait, what? Correct. You had a white – How did that – wait,
0: time out. How would that go down? What? what? was that all about?
7: Uh, he, he came in, asked for a soda, and at, in the state of Nevada, Las Vegas, you have to have your ID to sit at the bar. Of course. Yeah. So I asked for his ID. He didn't like that because <laughs> he was an allegedly homeless person and he called me the N word.
1: Okay, hold on, back up.
7: And then he was going to cut me A afterwards. white person who's disheveled, who you
1: think might be homeless, walks into your bar. And I was like, a betting man. Starts like the sound of a joke, right? And you're white, obviously. You're very white, as am I. Everybody in the studio, it's a very white studio today. So he asked for a soda. To sit down at the bar, you need to show ID. That's pretty much across he asked the board. And answer
7: a menu for, for food.
1: That's across the board at every bar across the country, really. If you're near alcohol, you sit at a bar. You asked him for an ID. Clearly, he doesn't have it, hence thinking that he's homeless, which he probably is.
7: And he calls you the N word? Oh, then he was going to come around the bar and then uh, stab me also. So he threatened to stab you? Yes. Okay, so when that happens, what do you do? Uh, I was taken back at first, and then he just rambled off, walked up the door. And the hostess came over afterwards, like, what happened with that guy? I'm like, he was a crazy homeless guy. You sent him to my the bar. What a stupid SOB. What a, what a,
1: first of all, to even say that word, uh, just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian and, and Mark, just to fill you guys in. So there is an element here in America that is white trashy esque, right? That is not afraid to drop that word oh, on man. other white people. There's a perfect Don't example. Don't talk about my uh, girl, Marjorie no, no. Taylor Greene. So Green here's like the deal, that, right? So here's the deal. There was a video running back, I want to say a couple weeks ago, that was kind of, not super viral, but it was a little bit viral, where there was a fan at a Dallas Stars hockey game that was getting into an argument with another white guy in at that hockey game. And, and Chuck knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he dropped that word on the guy, too. So there's this, there's this idiot, imbecile element of our society here in America, white trash-ish. I'll put it that way. Uh, that is not afraid to use that word. So I'm just I'm, I'm just using some context as to why this I, idiot I think he probably was, said that to Mark. I think he was more
7: bar. mentally unstable. That could be it too. Yes, yes. he was definitely. So Mark,
0: Nelly, but, Mark,
7: what would you like me to call you today? We'll go. We'll go okay. Nelly. Yes, I don't like stereotypes, mm-hmm.
1: and it could be about race. It could be about religion because I think it's nasty and it's a generalization. And C- I have never <laughs> been, I have never been a stereotype type person. I think it's wrong. Yeah. correct. With that being said. You know the stereotypes that are out there. Does that true at all with certain people, whether it comes to races or religion? Is there? Do you think there are any truth to some of the nasty stereotypes that are out there? I guess that's what I'm
7: saying. Uh, good people are good people. Yes. So you don't look at somebody that. Everyone has a hundred percent chance. I Might look different
1: a, than you, and make an assumption. Oh, I'm not going to get a good tip because some people in the service industry do do that. I know that. If and you were and to do that, wrong. you would drive yourself crazy. What's the biggest yeah.
7: check you ever served somebody, and the worst tip you ever got on the biggest check? On big checks, I've never uh, been stiffed on yeah, a big check. Yeah, never been stiffed on a big check. Really? Never. You're lucky. What is, like, do you ever get, like, no tip?
1: Like, people don't leave any tip at all? Like, they'll use their credit card or something, and they just won't tip you anything? Well, some, you know, again,
7: foreign people just don't. Because they like, don't understand? Cause you cause don't make... it, I think it's a cultural thing, and it, yeah. it, it, they don't. They don't but that's part of the game. But then also, you'll get a significant tip, which is fantastic. Has anybody wrote a note uh, after leaving
1: a tip, either a nasty note or something nice? Like, do you ever get that? I had a fantastic
7: note, like, you were the best. Big heart. Was it a hot chick or? She was cute. She was from no, Wisconsin. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you were the best bartender ever. Big heart. Smiley well, face. That's nice. That's nice. And left
1: 15%. But only 15%. Per- What's the standard tip? Like if the service is not even good. Average. Not bad. What do you think is a standard tip in today's society? It could be a restaurant. It could be a bartender. Anything. What the, What is a standard tip?
7: The Current average, yeah. I, I believe, is 18%. I, that's, that's what I believe. That's not bad.
1: I think that's fair. What if the service is like, wow, that, that, that waiter or waitress is great. That bartender is so cool. What would you think? What would you like 25%? What do you think?
7: Uh, I've, I've had significantly higher tips okay. than that. Here's
1: yeah. what annoys me, okay? Notice at restaurants or bars, you guys know what I'm talking about. If it's like eight or more people, it's like a mandatory 18 or 20% tip. Correct. Here's why I have a serious problem with that. Oh I'm waiting for this. Okay. <laughs> what if the service is terrible? What if the person is rude? I was at a restaurant two weeks ago, I was at the stratosphere, and uh, I got a com- I, I, was I with you? No. I got a comp <laughs> meal. Okay. Mm-hmm. We wanted to tip the waitress. Correct. So we didn't have any cash on ourselves. So a friend of mine said, Hey, let me just order a soda. A soda charge and- me for the right. The waitress was so rude. She was she was saying, Don't argue with me, I can't do that. Like she was just she was getting we're trying to help her. The manager came over, ended up charging us for the soda, and said, "I'm so sorry. that's not somebody that I want to take care of. like if you're a really bad waiter or waitress or a bad bartender, what do you think you should tip
7: like well, if you're a bad you're terrible yeah if you I'm not going to tip somebody twenty
1: percent my, 20% my if opinion
7: yeah. if it's a terrible, terrible experience, yeah. yes. Then you have to go Karen and ask for a manager, and
0: <laughs> go Karen, and then they'll just take it off. They won't. And there won't be an automatic. Then you have to, say, yeah.
7: you have yeah. to say something about the. Okay. If it's I'm,
0: that bad, yeah. or okay. you could
7: talk to the person. But if let's just say the waiter or waitress yeah. gets your order wrong.
1: She doesn't ask you for refills. She doesn't ask you how you are doing. She's rude when you ask for the check. Forget about asking for the manager, which I like never do. I don't like doing that. How much should you tip on a bill that's let's say 100 bucks and the service is awful? Cuz that happens. There are bad there are a lot of good servers out there. A lot of bad servers out there. How much should you tip that
7: person? Ah, uh, you still put me in a situation. I guess still Fifteen yeah. percent, because yeah. That would be yeah. in the restaurant world, there's you're not just food runners. Them. Yeah, it's about the bar, yeah. the bussers. Sometimes the hosts get a cut of the money, so this money gets spread around mm-hmm. amongst various positions. So let
1: me ask you another question: Then why tip the server? Why not find out who the busboy is and everybody else, and take care of them?
7: That's a lot of work.
0: That, that is, yeah, you're, you're talking about <laughs> a lot. About <laughs> I work in
7: a restaurant.
1: Not a
0: extra stuff, Brian. I don't yeah. know. I don't All know who I'm the are. All I'm saying it.
1: All I'm I'm saying is this. I think there are situations where some servers, not all, or some dealers in Vegas expect it. And what they don't understand is you're providing a service to people. I'm not saying you have to go far above and beyond. That's not what I'm saying. Just do your job and be pleasant. I know it's a tough job. I get that. I think some, maybe a small percentage, maybe 5%, maybe not a lot. But there are some people in the service industry that just expect to be taken care of without providing good service. That's Correct. all I'm saying.
7: You know what I'm talking about. Well, also, the dealers in this town, it's a tip pool. So when you tip the server or tip the dealers, mm-hmm. it goes into a kitty and everyone right, gets right. a cut of that money. Right per whenever they work here's what i also don't agree
1: if you hit for 20 grand on a machine uh, some people say oh you say, don't want to get into uh, this yeah. so all
7: right bring it to yeah, me some yeah. pe- well, I, I, i'm well, not a ga- i'm not a ga- no i'm we not a gaming got- bartender got- yeah, but yeah, i know, know. Where
6: you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. well we only have
1: about a minute and a half so maybe maybe next time you come on uh <laughs> nelly uh you can we can dive into the gambling tips and uh and all that stuff uh, Chris never hits any jack spots. I so don't. Yeah. I rarely do, that. so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I was just curious about but, that. Well, uh, Mark, thank you so much for being yeah. here, and I hope that no homeless people come to visit you and then threaten to stab you. I hope that doesn't happen. That <laughs> thank sounds, you. Thank you that, very much.
7: That sounds very unpleasant, and I would never want but that. But I also that. wore your, my hat just uh, for my Brian Shapiro hat. I like <laughs> your hat. Thank you.
1: Well, tell you what, we're going to go to lunch after this. Yes. And if the service is just average, I guarantee you I will tip at least 20%. How does that
7: sound? (laughs) Sounds good. Perfect.
1: The server will appreciate that. I guarantee you. Perfect. All right, good. Well, Mark, next time you come in, we'll talk a little gaming and what you think you should tip, uh, you know, if you hit a jackpot or something. We can can talk about that next time. I want to thank everybody on social media that's uh, been joining us. And uh, tomorrow on the show, as I mentioned... Uh, Melissa Ferris is going to be joining us from Girl Chat Sports, a really good podcast, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of debate because I don't think WNBA players should be should deserve more money. I'm sorry, I don't. I like the WNBA. They well, deserve it but should they get it? That's I don't the think they should get it. No, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll give you my reasons why tomorrow. Two different and things. I'm sure it'll be a very interesting debate. And of course, we'll, we'll contract. Yeah, Brittany Grinder. There you go. We can yeah. talk about one, that as well. Oh year. yeah, Mark Davis is under a little bit of uh, trouble here. The Aces mm-hmm. for allegedly paying players under the table to get below the salary cap. Uh, speaking of tips. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of tips. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's an interesting one. And of course, all the news, politics news of the day. I appreciate everybody joining, joining us on this uh, very sunny and pleasant Monday afternoon in Vegas. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mark, uh, for being here. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.